We're living through one of those changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue recording on this, the 13th of what month is it? It's August. Jesus. August. It's August. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am Dino and you are. And I am Ace. Oh, oh man. Everyone. Welcome. Uh, it, it's been, uh, it, I'm out of town, so the, the sound is going to be a little bit different, uh, just forewarning everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it is f- fucking hot, dude. <laughs> Oh man, I, I've seen some of like it's been okay up here, but I've seen some of the heat waves like down there. Uh, it is uh, blistering, man, uh, across the country. It is not good. People are not having fun. Um, I am so ready for summer to end. I, I the longer yeah, that I stay in Houston, yeah, the longer that I stay in Houston, the more I hate heat. I didn't, I didn't hate it so much uh, growing up because I grew up in the desert and it was very dry. And now that I I live yeah. in a place where it's it's a swamp all the goddamn time, I am so yeah. sick of heat. I just hate it. I have a conspiracy theory that summer break is a, a psyop in order to get young children to like the summer more than they normally would. Um, that is, <laughs> you know what I mean. That is a it's brilliant like idea. <laughs> Because uh, obviously, you know, kids, you think fo- back fondly to, you know, those days of summer when you were off, there was no school and you could do whatever you wanted, really. Right. Uh, but that's kind of distracts from the point that summer is awful. Uh, yeah, it really horrible. does. Like, especially if you live in just like the middle or the south of the country, it is just like unbearable. Uh, it's it's not great. It's terrible. There's no excuse for this. None whatsoever. There's not. You know, people would always like, people were always like, oh, yeah, you know, these uh, these crazy scientists who are worried about global warming or whatever are going to, like, use some technology to, like, limit the sun's rays on Earth. And I'm like, eh, you know. uh, That might not be the worst thing. Yeah. I prefer, you know, less awful summer. That'd be okay. Yeah, it might not be the worst thing that ever happened. Yeah, I just... I just don't like summer, uh, really. It's like, I think all the other, like, I think winter can overstay its welcome, you know, but uh, all the other seasons are just, yeah, like, yeah I, I like them. I, uh, I am happy, though. I was, you know, this is, a, this is an interesting thing. So we had talked about the other day on, on the last episode, mm-hmm. we, we had talked about Baldur's Gate 3 and how much people are enjoying it and all that other stuff. Yes. It, this oh, yeah. this came to mind because because I was about to talk about it getting a summer release and being happy that it got a summer release because it means so many more people can play the game mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But um, it made me think. Actually, I had a conversation last night with my dad and mm-hmm. my brother about like the way that gaming monetization has changed. Oh yeah, and the way that games in general have changed. There was an interesting sort of thing where. My uh, my brother and I were 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 kind of telling my dad like the way that 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 games work nowadays is mm-hmm. that you have to uh, uh, the game is the game might be free but uh, the game is free you have to buy the game and then you have to buy the game so you can buy the battle pass for the game 
and you have to buy the battle pass yep. for the game so that you can play the game for a certain minimum number of hours so you can complete the battle pass. Otherwise, you feel like you've wasted your money. And then you have right. to, yeah. And then and then you have to buy uh, the skins from the limited time shop because you don't know when they're going to come back around. Yep. And then you have yep. to buy the the skins from the event shop because those will never come back around. Like those are our limited time exclusives. Yeah. And and we were It is truly ingenious. I think I think the battle pass system in general is just like if you're a mar- if you're a person who wants to like, you know, get money from people in like a type of a service a service type game, uh it's brilliant because not only do they put the money down first, but then they feel like they have to play, right? Because right. In a lot of games, right, you might buy a DLC or something in like the let's say the old monetization model where like you would you would, you know, and still exist today but not as much where like you buy the DLC or the expansion pack and if you don't like it, you just put it down or maybe you try to get it refunded somehow, right? Sure. Uh, but with battle pa- a battle pass, uh, you pay for it. It's it's not as much as a DLC, but you feel like if you don't play to unlock the rewards, well, then you kind of just wasted your money. So now there's an incentive to keep in player for player engagement to be high, right? Uh, so th- it really is like a genius uh, amalgamation of a bunch of different like marketing techniques to get people to play. It's it is truly incredible, and I was I was thinking about like. I've I've never really had a problem with the Battle Pass as a system. To me, it's always felt like a subscription. To me, the Battle Pass has always been like, just like how you used to have to pay, or you still have to pay a subscription in WoW, you have to pay a subscription for Final Fantasy Mm -hmm. XIV. Final Fantasy XIV is a game that's that's relatively uh, sort of renowned for being very fairly monetized. You can't buy power in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, All that stuff that that, the, the, the... the battle, the the subscription system and the battle pass system are very very similar things, but the yep. difference is that I think the the battle pass system has sort of encouraged a sort of overplay that is just really not fun anymore. Because and I, mm-hmm. I experienced this especially with Destiny, where it's like I like. I like playing the game. I like playing new content when it comes out. I like this. I like playing the seasonal story. I like doing all that stuff. But then when all that's over and there's still another like month and a half left in the season, I know yes. that all I have to look forward to in the battle pass is just grinding the same shit so I can grind the same shit so I can finish the battle pass. I feel like. Uh, for Destiny in particular, they don't structure their seasons well. And what I mean by that is, as you said, they, all the story is in like the first like four to six weeks of the st- new season. Yeah. And then the other like three or four weeks, nothing. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's just like, um, <laughs> I feel like I finished right. the game, yeah, but like, I'm only at level 30 on the battle pass. It's a hundred level battle pass. Mm hmm. And and right. now I'm now yeah. I'm like oh now I'm just now I'm just doing a weekly grind to do a weekly grind and I'm I appreciate that they didn't put the power grind in this season I appreciate that they're reducing that mm-hmm. that because it did it was annoying to have to constantly be chasing power that was very annoying yeah but it did give me another reason to play every week besides trying to get battle pass levels right <laughs> yes uh I I just yeah I I think that like. They don't like, for example, right? A lot of the like when a new season drops in Destiny, a lot of uh, the excitement is the story content, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, 
And a lot of times the story is is very good in the seasonal content, but again, I think it's just not spaced well. It's not spread apart enough throughout the se- actual season. It's not. Uh, but sometimes, like you'll finish the seasonal story, and then you'll go over to the, to like the battle pass screen, and it'll say sixty days left in the season, and the last seasonal like story content just dropped for that season. You're like, well, uh, okay, this is kind of awkward. I guess I'll yeah. run the. I'll guess I'll run the the the. I mean, look, sometimes they're fun, but and sometimes they're very lame, the seasonal events. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I guess yeah. I'll keep running the seasonal activity forever uh, because uh-huh, I have to yeah. get the catalyst to drop for the seasonal exotic or whatever. It's just, it's not, right. it, it's not fun to be chasing a battle pass level yeah. in a game that they are actively, like, it feels like, after Lightfall... It feels like a chore. Yes, it feels like a chore. And your point about the story being kind of what's important in a game like Destiny is very well taken because that was proven with Lightfall. Lightfall proved yeah. that you can't just have fun gameplay and expect people to give a shit about this game. Because Lightfall right. introduced some of the most fun gameplay Destiny's ever had. And everybody was yeah. pissed because the expansion sucked because the story was tele- was terrible. It was bad. And it was and it was I think Lightful could have been redeemed if the raid was not an easy joke. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know. Also. So it, it's like you know I, I like the the new power set that they introduced Strand. It was very fun. It's still very fun. Yeah. Uh but uh, that was like the only redeeming quality of it in my opinion. Uh, the raid was too easy, and again, the people wait months. Uh, it's like six to eight months for a new raid. Uh, it's it's like a big thing people like plan for and get excited for because it's it's the you know the prime content of Destiny. Um, it is what people look forward to, and when the raid can just be like is such an easy joke, it's like well, people feel like their time was just kind of wasted in a lot of ways because that's what people like you know plan for. People like that challenge, especially on first day, right? First day raid runs yeah uh, you you want it to be challenging you want your face to get grinded into the dirt there uh it, because if, if it doesn't happen then it's just like well why did i wait why yeah. was i so excited for six to eight months for contest this? contest uh, mode for the first like week and a half or two weeks of a raid whatever however long it runs is is hard destiny at its hardest like it that's 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 yeah. what it should be at least and and, and you know people go, oh sorry go ahead no no, no go ahead uh, sorry, I was. Oh, I should. I should note for listeners, there's a little bit of lag between Dean and I, Dean and I this episode. So if, if like it sounds yes, like one is. of us is pausing for longer, it's just because there's like a d- little bit of a delay between like yeah. when someone says something to when we hear it. Uh, so just just to let you guys know that. But yeah, uh, I'm on a different connection. So, that, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so basically, like during uh, and I listeners, I promise this won't be a destiny episode. This no, 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 no. It just I, came I, up. It, it just came up because I had had this conversation yeah. on monetization with with my with my dad and my brother yeah. yesterday. And, it, and, and I, it was, truthfully, and truthfully, I would be down for a, a full episode of that. But I, uh, you know, it, it's it's whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, during during um, Forsaken, uh, right when the last wish raid came out, that was the most exciting time. Uh, in like the Destiny rating community, sure, uh, by far, people and I know a lot of people complained about that rate because it was just too hard for the general public, gen- the general like popular, the general player base. Even it with contest mode off, yeah, 
Yes, because the like the power level people were able to get to, I forget the exact number, but it, um, the, so like for people who don't know, there's, you would grind for like armor, right, gear, and that would give you a certain like power level, and then the raid comes out and that has a, a set estimate of like you need this much power to be efficient in the raid, right? Well, I think the raid power level was like what sixty above fifty or sixty points above the. Cap. It was very high. Was that was Lightfall the eight hundred cap or the thousand cap? Uh, Wait, Lightfall. Uh, Not Lightfall. I'm sorry, Forsaken. Oh, uh, Forsaken was the thousand power cap. I want to say, or maybe it was. I thought did it jump? Hold on, I'm trying to remember. I thought it jumped from like a thousand to fifteen hundred. It might have. I know it was a big jump because it's. I know it was a big jump because it's why I stopped playing the game. Because I, 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 I knew I was uh-huh. never going to get the power and the crew together to run the raid. I knew it was never going to happen. If I even got yeah. to the, the – if I even hit power cap, I, I, I wasn't going to get the people mm-hmm. together. So, so it's what yeah. made me stop playing the game for like a year. Yeah, yeah a lot of people complained. Uh, but although I, the, the, day, the first day of that raid uh, – People were in that, so only two groups actually completed the raid in the first 24 hours. Um, that's how yep. difficult this raid was. And for context, um, people, whenever raids release, it's usually like a thousand groups completed in the first day. Uh, so from a thousand to two people, or two yeah. groups, I should say, uh, it's quite the change. Um, but it, with that being said, I, I remember me and all my friends were tuning into like Dado's live stream or some other uh, streamer who was competing uh, to get the world's first uh, because everyone wanted to see who was going to be the first person to beat this raid. It was, a, you know, just an entrancing time for a lot of people. Because yeah. like, uh, every time you would get to a new encounter, there'd be new mechanics that no one knew about. Uh, and it, it is a race. It's a race to see who's going to be the first group to do it. And it was really exciting. And when the raid is like tough like that, it can be really like uh, annoying and frustrating. But it, it's so much more enjoyable when you do like complete it, when you complete an encounter in it or you just complete the whole thing in general, yeah. knowing that very few people were able to actually do it. So that that but, but when the raid is easy, like how it was in the most previous expansion, it's like, well, yeah. Sure, I got it done, but so did everyone else. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's uh, why I think like... that's kind of why I think um, uh, the 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 Witch Queen, the raid from Witch Queen, which name whose name I've now forgotten. Uh, shit, um, shit. What was why the have Witch I forgotten Queen? it too? Yeah, <laughs> why I, did, why I, I, I remember Rolk, but I don't remember the actual name of the raid. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the the that raid I think was a perfect raid. It was yes. hard enough that there were moments that killed raids in that raid, and and yes. and and still yes. maybe not still are the power creep has gotten enough that the raid's much easier to run now. But um, for that for the for the course of that expansion, oh, vow the disciple, vow the disciple. For for the course of that expansion, that was a raid that was uh, it was. It was challenging enough that it could kill groups. Um, yes, and it was, but but it was totally doable. It was yep. it was absolutely doable. Yep. Oh. It was it was very fair. 
Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, in terms of like game mechanics, there's a lot of like cheesy game mechanics that sometimes developers put in their raids or their hard content that makes it seem like, yeah, this is hard, but it's not fun because it seems unavoidable. Like, you know, like random one shot mechanics or something like that where, you know, things like that just annoy people because it's like, okay, yeah, this is annoying and I died, but there's no way I could not have died in this situation. There's no way there was no like mistake on my part. The boss just one shot me. You know? I think the Something only like I think the only time I encountered a one shot mechanic in Vow of the Disciple was when I accidentally had a base power level piece of gear on and my entire power level <laughs> yes. was like four hundred points yeah. below. <laughs> so for listeners, um the Vow of the Disciple rate it was like it, it's like 1540 or 1560 recommended power level okay uh just keep that number in mind so i I was doing the raid with dean and some of my uh, like other gaming uh friends uh and you know i dean i think you kept getting like one shot by the sniper i was getting one shot by snipers on rulk yeah 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 And, and like uh you know and he we got to like the last part of the raid and dean realized oh my god I have the wrong gear on. <laughs> yes. I had we had run all the way to the final boss room where I was getting one shot. Yeah. We had run we had run the whole raid all the way to the final boss room and I had been uh like at 1300 been like 60 power. Yeah. You've been in like 6 or no over 100 power or something like that below. Yeah, cuz uh, I had a piece of base level gear on. <laughs> yes. But it was yeah. <laughs> but it, it part of the part of the reason we were able to do that was because I was running that learning the raid. I hadn't run the raid, but I guess yeah, the first time I ever ran the raid. Yeah. And so I was running yeah. that learning the raid, and so I wasn't doing anything super important. My whole job was basically mm-hmm. try not to die, and so <laughs> it was I was doing actually okay with not dying and with killing things. And then once it got to a point where try not to die became too much of a challenge on the final boss room, it was like, oh, this is, I just realized I'm, I'm, I'm way below level for this. <laughs> so I had to. Trolling my raid <laughs> It was bad. I had to, I had to, in the middle of the raid, in the middle of the final boss fight, I had to feed a piece of gear to get it up to the max yeah. level. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny though. I I mean, considering how low power you were, you did really good. Uh, <laughs> considering that you know you were like a hundred power under where you should have been. Well, it's, <laughs> if I hadn't really just funny. been doing the easy uh, jobs, it would have been way worse. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. But uh, I was I was on yeah. ad clear the whole time, so it's like uh, I, I I can yeah. stay alive in clear ads. Yeah, yeah. No, I do like that raid. I, I really do. It, it's it's in my like top three for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's a perfect raid as far as the balance, as far yeah. as the the sort of depth mm-hmm. of the mechanics. There were a lot of symbols, but there weren't like it wasn't like last wish tier symbols. Um, the, right. There, yeah. it was. It, it, there was. It, it was a very, very, very good raid. I think Caretaker is yeah. still to this day but, one of my favorite fights. Like that. It's. Yeah. It's it's so good. So good. Uh, yeah. Also, what's funny is like hearing different groups name the symbols, different things is always funny. Oh yeah, uh, like, you know, so someone will be calling out, "I need someone at hamburger right now." Yes, just, you know, it's, it's always funny. I remember yeah. I jumped in on a last wish run that you were doing with a few other people, yeah. and uh, I didn't know what your call outs were for that raid. I've, I've to this day, I've still never finished a last a last wish run. Um. 
Uh, we could do that. It's it's a really good. We should at some point, and the power level's high enough now. It should just be. It should be easy peasy. Yeah. But um, a hundred percent. Yeah. But like, there's the symbol with the snakes that are like uh, entwined together. And uh, I didn't know what any of the callouts yeah. were, so that symbol for me became two snakes fucking. Oh, yeah, there's, in, there's, in, <laughs> there's infinity snake, right, which is a snake and an infinity symbol. There's the uh, the eight snakes, which is, like, at the number eight, right, of course. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, snakes that look like a smiley face. Uh, <laughs> so you just call it smiley <laughs> Smiley face. snakes? And then... Yeah, smiley snakes, yeah. And, of course, then you have the, the fish and a yin-yang symbol, which are, we just call 69 fish. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, anyway. It was it was a yeah. uh, it was interesting. I was I was talking to a, a a friend of a friend of mine recently who we've run run with before, and um, I was telling him I was like, you know, I think I'm okay not playing games like this anymore. I think I'm okay. Like when when the last expansion for Destiny Two comes out, I think I'm okay not being a Destiny player. Mm-hmm. I think I'm okay not just yeah. not doing that anymore. Especially if they make it especially if they the seasonal model continues to feel like a chore. Yeah. Uh, that And well, and then like, they just decided in this last season they're just straight up put power in the battle pass. And it's like uh, okay, yeah. it's that's too much. <laughs> the, those those deep yeah. sight whatever things that they put in the battle pass, that's straight up putting power in the battle pass. There's no excuse for that. Yeah, it is. Right, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like it didn't used to be. You didn't used to be able to get power out of the battle pass because everybody got the no. everybody got the seasonal exotic. Like it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 now there's just straight up power in in the battle pass. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I I just. Ugh. It made me feel icky. Which is why I was one of the things that we talked about was was Baldur's Gate three and how. Like yes. this is a complete game with no monetization mechanics. There will probably be paid DLC, yeah. but that's fine. Um, if, if they yeah. if they're going to keep developing the game, you should keep buying chunks of the game, right? That's one of the reasons the battle passes and subscriptions right. are okay in a live service game. They're still developing the game. Right. You're still paying for it. Um, yeah, it's not it's not com- it's not complete in the sense that it's never going to be complete. It's a live service. Um, right. But Baldur's Gate Three is a complete game. It came out a complete game. Yeah. You could buy the yes. game and enjoy the game and yep. never buy another piece of content for the game ever again. And that game is going to yep. be as perfect as the day it came out. And and it came out yep. done, fully cooked, not a Cyberpunk 2077 situation. And it, yeah. And you're saying And it's truly incredible how just how much content is actually... So I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3 yet. I'm going to get it next week. I, I was telling you before the show I need to upgrade my SSD because it's like I'm, I'm running near the edge of memory and I don't have enough download Baldur's Gate right now and there's really nothing I want to uninstall but as soon as I get a new SSD I'm gonna I'm gonna for sure get Baldur's Gate 3 but um from what I've from what I've seen apparently the developer said that uh there is so much content just to, if you take the cutscenes alone and now mind you for people who don't know what type of game Baldur's Gate 3 is a lot of the cutscenes in this game in fact most of them you will not see on your first playthrough no. because they're that they're including all the different choice outcomes right you have choices to make and of course uh, the outcome of your choice you're not going to see the cutscene from a different choice it's it's going to be like uh, you know causally linked to your choice so um but the total amount of cutscenes that are in the game for all possible choices that your character could make uh they said is more cut the length of all the cutscenes together is longer than the entire series of game of thrones oh my god <laughs> that's insane yes that's insane for a complete game to yes. come out and be be that that c- 
content packs. <laughs> and, and here's the thing: I was yeah. I was reading somebody who was talking about the game, and they, and they 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 had said something along the lines of like, even even in the overworld, there's like a, well, overworld. It, there's not really a, an overworld. You know what I mean? Even in the even in the world of the game, mm-hmm. you're just walking around exploring, and there's like literally something you will walk maybe maybe like 20 feet of in-game distance and there's a new thing Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's a like the the other day i was just walking around i was trying to finish up the first area so i could move Mm -hmm. on to um the 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 uh uh gets rocky there's there's another that's that's part of like a it's sort of in between act one and act two and but Mm -hmm. you you want you want to finish everything before you leave act one and so I yes. was I was trying to finish up all the stuff in the first area and I came across a a knife that was in a piece of meat and <laughs> for some reason this felt very important because there were like there was like a dexterity and a perception check attached to me pulling this knife out of this oh. piece of meat yeah <laughs> and I was thinking yeah. about it the other day I was I was laying down and I was thinking about the game which is a good sign for a game I was laying down, I was thinking about the game, and I thought, holy shit, what if the meat was important? I didn't grab the meat, I just grabbed the knife. What if the meat was the important part oh. of that interaction, and I missed the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very possible. Yeah. But, Did you succeed on the perception check? Uh, I save scum the shit out of checks in this game. Dude, I am okay. not... Okay, so you gonna... don't have to... Walk. Okay. <laughs> Bro, my, my F8 button has almost stopped... Working, dude. I save scum the shit out of this game. I am okay. shameless gotcha, with my gotcha. save scumming in this game. I okay. I will okay, not gotcha. take a loss that I don't feel like it's a good story beat for me to take the loss. I, no, I no, that's fair. That's I fair. won't do it. I, <laughs> so, dude, I reloaded me investigating this knife and this random piece of meat. I probably reloaded that perception check four times. <laughs> And the result, the result was that I noticed that the meat had a grain pattern, and I could probably pull the knife out if I lined it up with the grain pattern. It would come out very mm. easily. That's what I noticed with my perception check, and I, I reloaded four times to get that piece of information. <laughs> it's a, uh, is this your uh, first encounter? Is this your first encounter with like D and D mechanics? Um, I have played uh, the Planeswalker games. Not Planeswalker. Um, the okay. Pathfinder games. Uh, uh, Pathfinder. Pla- Pathfinder. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I have played and enjoyed the Pathfinder games, and they're very similar. The The biggest difference, though, yeah. between Pathfinder... We talked about it a little bit on the last episode. The, the biggest difference between Pathfinder and this game is that Pathfinder's very on rails. And this game... Oh, just like that. I'm worried that maybe I missed, I missed content by not stealing a piece of meat. Uh-huh. And instead just stealing a knife out of it. Right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's... It, it's This game is, is very much... Um, there are whole chunks of story that you can just straight up miss, um, and, yeah. and, and and you will you will miss most most of the story that is in the game on your. Phone. Oh yeah, well I'm not even talking about choice based stuff. I'm talking about whole quest lines. Oh okay, like you could you oh, could I just yeah. Yeah. miss a whole quest line because you didn't talk to the right NPC in this area, and it turns out well this NPC has this weird subquest where they're gonna go see this witch doctor, and uh, the mm-hmm. witch doctor it turns out is actually a a, a, a witch, an evil hag, and. And there's this big fight to to fight the hag. There's this big, awesome boss fight with the hag. But you might never see it 
if you don't interact yeah. with the right NPCs at the right times. Like, yeah. like it's that's there's it's so like much those, content. It's like it's like open world done right type of scenario, right? Where oh, like yeah. a lot of open worlds just feel completely barren, and you feel like you could honestly not even go to a lot of these places, and you wouldn't miss much, right? Um, uh, but but on this, like in a Baldur's Gate uh, uh, type game, it's like the open world like asks you or requests of you to actually go explore it because they're, right. it will reward with your exploration. Um, because as you said, you could just like there could be so many cool quest lines that you just completely miss. Uh, even co- very consequential ones, from what I understand, like side quests. Dude, there is quests. a there is a companion you can miss in the first area uh-huh, yeah. if you don't walk to the right yeah. spot to find her. And and you yep. will be and and you will have another companion with you telling you, "Hey, I'm hunting this person," mm-hmm. and this other person's a possible companion. And it's like, uh, or or you got this other companion first, right? I almost fell into this trap. I got I almost missed out on the fan favorite companion in the game. Dude, uh-huh. <laughs> because I had yeah. another companion who was hunting this other possible companion, and I could have taken that companion with me to go find this other possible companion, not knowing that that other person was a possible companion, and just killed them. <laughs> yeah. Because that's yeah. what my yeah. companion's mission is right now, is to kill this person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Exactly. So a lot of the things like the how you play the game can completely alter the, your trajectory. Things you think that there might be inconsequential or something or just like you may think that's how the game like the developers want you to play it because it's like, oh, yeah, I have to kill this person. But the game tells me, you know, there is indicating that I need to kill this person. But, you know, it's like, so no, you could also befriend them, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and that can completely alter. Like, and it's how, how it's turn out. it's very clear from from the first major side quest line, or it's not really a side quest. It, it's it's main quest material, but it feels like a side quest when you start it, and then it turns out, oh, this mm-hmm. is the main quest, um, or part of the main quest. There's actually two main quests when run concurrently. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. the the there's you find out very quickly through the course of that that like I'm I'm setting up choices that I make during this quest here will make a difference in Act 3. Like, I'm setting up to have allies and enemies through the course of this quest that will come back when I get to the city of Baldur's Mm -hmm. Gate. Yeah. Like, like that, that, because those people are either going to be there for me or they're not. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um... And uh, tell people what uh, what class and like race uh, did you pick? Like, uh, what would you go with for your? So character? I was looking through racial uh, bonuses and stuff, and mm-hmm. Drow kind of called to me. Um, one of the main reasons was because of the really, really uh, generous uh, dark sight bonus. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, because I knew I was going to be in dungeons and the thing that mm-hmm. bummed me out the most in Pathfinder is when I didn't have a dark sight character on me and it was like, everybody has to carry a torch. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I was, I was really attracted to that. And also there were some other, there were some other racial bonuses that were very useful for that character, especially when I knew that I was going to be doing, uh, a lot of, I, I was, I knew I was going to be doing a lot of combat, but I also knew that I was going to be doing a lot of persuasion and, uh, and lying. And mm-hmm. so, uh, deception checks, I was going to have persuasion checks and I yeah. was going to have, uh, knowledge checks. A lot of those. I knew it because the, the style, mm-hmm. if I can avoid a fight by talking, I will, but there's a yeah. lot of fights in this game that you kind of can't, unless you have certain spells that will allow you to do that. Like it's, it's, 
uh-huh. you know, mostly you're going to be funneled into combat. Like person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I went with a, I started looking up some of the class bonuses and stuff and I did a little bit of Googling. And one of the things that I saw was that the frenzy barbarian has the opportunity to throw <laughs> enemies at enemies. Yes. <laughs> Even throw allies at it. <laughs> yes. You can just throw people at people as a frenzy barbarian. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. And also I like barbarian that. Is, I'm sorry. Continue. Barbarian is one of like the, um, yeah, no barbarian is one of like the most uh, popular um, classes in D and D. It's played by a lot of people. <laughs> I also like obvious reasons. I also like having my constitution and dexterity be my armor class instead of having armor. Yeah, I like that a yeah, lot. Oh yeah, yeah. The dex bone, the dex bonus to um, your uh, armor bonus with the barbarians very nice. Yeah, because I my my barbarian doesn't run armor. There's no there's yeah. no armor yeah, yeah. that a, I can a lot run. Of yeah, because because mm-hmm. your it's your constitution, your dex bonus. Yep. So my barbarian is yep. as tanky as my fighter who wears heavy armor. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, barbarians can just like destroy in combat. It is kind of insane. It's really good because what I want, what I really wanted was like survivability, and I wanted high DPS, and and yeah, the barbarian That's rage barbarian. is yeah. perfect for that. <laughs> Um, because I knew I was going to be able to pick up a healer as part of the story. Actually, that's one complaint I have about the game is that you're kind of funneled into like there is a best party. Like there's there are plenty of companions, uh, but I think there is a best party at least in Act One. Yeah, I I don't so I haven't played the game, so I don't know uh, about like when this can happen. But I do know that like um. If you're low, if you feel like your party doesn't have a class, you can hire like essentially uh, an NPC to be fill in that role. You pick up hirelings in the very first dungeon you come across in the world. You pick up the ability to get hirelings after you finish that dungeon. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, there will. I I think like you know that's kind of inescapable that there will just be party compositions that work better than others, right? Right. Uh, Um, for sure. Uh, but it's not like it's not like let's say if you were playing multiplayer or something like you were playing with friend co-op with your friends or something. I, I it's not like you had would have to like necessarily have all those party all the each person had like be you know complementary to each other person. You could just hire hirelings uh, and they fill that role. Yes, stuff like that. you can fill out a class with hirelings, or you can do a hacky cheesy workaround where you make a bunch of multiplayer characters. And you build them exactly how you want them at the start because you're going to be locked into them forever because it's it's basically you'll be playing a multiplayer session with those characters and that'll be your whole playthrough. So you're locked in for that being your party, but you can cheese your way around it by just like making your own multiplayer characters, joining your own game with them, and then locking that save, like saving the game there, and mm-hmm. then loading that, and that's your party, but it has to be your party forever. From I, I think I heard, and this isn't usually, so usually when you play D&D, it's 
kind of like a general norm uh, for a social norm for when you play D&D that um, in your first, like, if you don't, if you make a new character, you make a character for the first time and you don't really like it for like the first three sessions, first three sessions, you can just remake it as something else. Yeah. I think in Baldur's Gate 3, from what I understand, you can respec somehow. You can fully, you can, change class. You can fully respec. Uh, I know yeah, okay. you can yeah. fully yeah. respec your character. I don't know if you can spec companions out of their class. But I know. Oh, I don't, yeah, no, I think the companions are locked to their. Uh, yes, but you yeah. can do full respects of every level bonus you've taken with that character. So, yes. yeah, you okay, can yeah. you can fully respec a character. I don't like I said out. I don't think you can go out of their class, um, but you can fully yeah. respec them as far as like all the bonuses you've taken with every level, um, yeah. and it's and, like, relatively kind of affordable. Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's yeah, it's yeah. I actually did. I, I screwed up one of my companions and I went and I, I just started him over. I was like, I, I need I need more more mm-hmm. range damage from my from my wizard. And so I'm just going to fully respect this guy to be a range damage dealer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also like a lot of the magic users and specifically are very like adaptable because they have so many spells that they can uh, choose from. Uh, that they can like help fix like party composition if you're like yes. struggling or something. So that that's also very nice. Yeah, I'm at the point now where my spell economy actually feels okay because it feels it feels really tight all the way up until like level five. But then once you have level five, <laughs> yep, yep. where it's like uh, okay, now I've got some some tier three slots. Once you have yep, that, yep. especially on the wizard where your spell book is just yes. huge, it's like okay, that's a. That happens in every D and D game for wizards and like a lot of magical users, except for clerics because they kind of get an early bump. But right. um, all, like all the other magic users, uh, like you, you feel a little constrained or they're like at level one and two and three a little bit. But as soon as you get to four and five, you're like, oh, this is uh, getting to be pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, it. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. Eventually, like you get to a point where it's like there's too many spells and you have to make a lot of hard choices. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I had to do that with my wizard. I, 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 uh, I redo my, my wizard's prep spells all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. one actually, oh, one yeah. really good thing about it is out of combat, you can just open up that menu and change them. So, like, yep. if you need, yep. like, if you need, um, I forget what the spell is, but it's the, the spell that negates fall damage for your party. Um, Feather, Featherfall. Yes. Uh, if you, if you need that, like, right now but you don't have that in your party right now you can mm-hmm. go to camp grab your wizard make sure that's in his prepped bar and then leave camp you're right where you were when you went to camp do what you need to yep. do with the wizard cast it and then jump and then go back to camp tell your wizard to stay pick up the guy you actually wanted to bring with you and then go right back in and you're back in like it's it's very yeah. forgiving yeah. <laughs> with compositions and and the game really doesn't want you to feel stuck anywhere like you right you it, can it absolutely like just, oh yeah, yeah it yeah. doesn't want to punish you for some like small choice you made in regards to party composition like two hours ago or something like that exactly <laughs> the game yeah. really doesn't want you to feel stuck it, unless there's unless it fits the story i just finished up with it with an area that right. as part of the story this whole encampment turned on me and um mm-hmm. And it was, they, they locked off the, it was a little video game logic-y, right? Because this entire time I've been able to go to camp whenever I want. 
but they lock off this zone where you can't go to camp in this zone. So you're stuck with your party that you brought, uh-huh. and you have to sure. fight this encampment with the party that you brought. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, okay, yeah. But that's that. It was a. But it kind of fit the story because the story is this whole camp just turned on us and we have to get out. You know what I mean? So right. it made that's sense. Actually, that's actually very. Uh, that's actually very like uh, um, faithful to like actual D and D rules. Like in D and D, you can short rest, right? Which uh, makes it that's a little less risky, right? Um, it's just like it basically short rests are basically like almost heals. You just get health back. Yeah. Um, Heals like, and a, a couple long, of spell slots, rest, depending on your class. Yeah. Like, in D&D, if you want a long rest, you have to make sure you can find a safe spot, uh, like, away from people, or else you're just not going to be able to do it. So that I'm actually pleased to hear that, because that's actually very faithful uh, to, like, how, how it actually works. A yes, lot. yes. Cool. But that is also the first time that's happened to me. Um, okay. That's, yeah. that's gotcha. the first. In, in combat, you can't leave, but, like... Even I was yeah. just out of combat, but in the zone because I hadn't activated the next group of mobs yet. So, oh, I see. Gotcha. But but I still couldn't do it because for for story purposes, it's like no, you're trying to escape this place. You 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 don't get to go in and and gotcha. mess with okay. your party right now. You know what I mean? I got you. yeah yeah that makes sense. Okay yeah yeah. Um, yeah no, that's cool. That's cool. And it probably would have happened before if I had made worse choices in different parts of the game, mm. but I'm, I'm going through because I learned early on, or I got the feeling early on that the allies that I make in act one are going to be there later in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to be for certain quests and stuff. And you learn that pretty quickly. Uh, I'm like, okay, so any ally that seems like a strong, like group to ally with, who's going to be helpful. I'm ally. I'm allying with them. Yeah, because I want I want to be stacked when I hit when I hit because I know I get the feeling when I hit act three, there's going to be a thing where it's like, well, if you saved this group, they'll help you here in later on in the game. And I want every opportunity to get all the help I can possibly get. (laughs) Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you and and you don't need to spoil anything or anything, but have you have you had like a what you call a really funny moment? from like either a choice you failed or succeeded or something like that, uh, like a skill check or something, or just like uh, something you did that had a very hilarious effect that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't done it. I think the funniest thing I did was reload a perception check that told me to wiggle a knife to pull it out of a piece of meat. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I reloaded that perception check like four or five times. And the, the result of that check was the meat has a grain. And if you wiggle the knife so it's lined up with the grain, it'll slip out very easily. And I was, it was like, a real don't forget to drink your Ovaltine moment. It, it really was. <laughs> I was because I, I reloaded that check. And when I got when I finally got it, because it was a weirdly high check. And that's another thing that makes me think I missed something there by not stealing the meat because the, the check was so high. Especially for the zone I was in, I was like, "Why is this perception check 15? There's no like this should be like a like an eight or a ten. Maybe you, yeah, maybe if you rolled a, a, a you know a critical success uh, twenty naturally, uh, maybe you would have had seen something uh, different. You know, because that sometimes happens. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other great thing there's there's a lot. I'm just I'm just happy that there's a game that I am like fully really really enjoying that mm-hmm. um that is a complete game. Yeah. It's a complete yeah, game that's on nice. launch. That that doesn't happen a lot. 
Yeah. Right. And it's yeah, that's that's very cool. And when all the Western game devs were acting like were acting pissed off that the game was so good, it's like all the all the uh, you know there there were you know the devs at Ubisoft and stuff were saying like uh, like you know oh, this yeah. can't be the standard for RPGs you know it's like it's like no it can you just don't want it to be because you want to sell people treasure maps in a single player game <laughs> right <laughs> that's the yeah. that's the that's why you don't want this to be the standard yeah. It ruins your right. grift. Man, microtransaction microtransactions in a single player uh story game are wild to me. Uh it's so yeah. crazy that this was like we're we were at that spot now. Man, dude, happens. I bought the treasure map in Assassin's Creed Origins. I was I'm like sure. I was playing oh, the yeah, game, I'm I was like, I'm not gonna like you know doing that, but yeah. But it's like this is ridiculous. Honestly, it's one of the things that turned yeah. me off of that franchise was the way that they were doing that shit. Yeah. And and so like honestly, oh, yeah. I'm I'm man, if Baldur's Gate 3 is the last game I ever play, I think I'm okay with that cuz mm-hmm. it's a big enough game, dude. That's that's cool. Yeah. And, and it, uh it, it's so cool to see how many people were playing it like the the Larry Larry and the of the game were saying that yeah, we expect around like 100,000 players. Um, it's like oh yeah, um, and they have they're at this point they have like almost nine hundred thousand yeah. people that are have almost uh, just under nine hundred thousand uh, people concurrently, and that's, and that's on PC. That's that's only to my knowledge only on PC. Only on yeah, charts. only on Steam, um, and it was and it's concurrent. So there's people who are not playing yeah. right now, but they still own the game. So you got almost a million yes. people playing the game at the same time, and that's not everyone who bought it. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's a massive, massive success. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I couldn't uh, be happier for it's, him. It's, that, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, it's also cool because like, I can't wait to play it. Cause it's like, uh, also, you know, it, it's funny because I saw some people talking about it. But it, um, it actually presents a really good opportunity for, like, if, uh, like let's say uh, you're in an actual D&D game, right? A tabletop. Um and you want to like test you're thinking about making a build or something like that you can pretty much just go into Baldur's Gate 3 and test the build out yeah you can see how it's going to play uh, like one to one and see how yeah and see how it's going to play and yeah. it's like you can see if you like that play style or whatever or if you want to go for you know the classic high charisma bard who seduces everybody you can do that and you can see if you like that play style and you know you can it's a really good way to like uh, just like preemptively get a feel for that before actually like going into an actual D game exactly um, because it can be more forgiving there uh or like in Baldur's skate i assume sort of like reload and stuff like that but yeah you can you know uh the, so oh yeah, it's that, it's, that's a really it's cool super super forgiving um and like i said you can save scum the shit out of the game like like if you really <laughs> right. if, if you're because there's a lot of failure in the game on your dice rolls just a lot of it mm-hmm. The the dice rolls are are I would even say at least um, through Act One some of the dice rolls are a little aggressive. So um, do you have a, so I know there's a setting and I know some people like immediately turn the setting off. But do you do you have karma dice? On? I run I don't know yes if it's I run I run karmic dice on. Okay, but there's really no point because I save scum so much. Okay, um, gotcha. <laughs> so there's really, really no, no, no karmic dice. 
<laughs> Carbon Dice is essentially like a mechanic in Baldur's Gate 3 specifically where it will try to average out. It will try to regress towards the mean, essentially, yeah. right, um, of your dice roll. So that way, if you're going on a really good dice streak, you're, it's, you're more likely than to go lower. Um, the game will like uh, that's how just how it works mechanically. Or if you're if you're having a lot of failures, it'll give you pity success. Yeah. sometimes it's a it's a it's a pity higher. system for your rolls to some extent. Yeah. And, yes, <laughs> and it's and that's I think that's a great thing to add, especially because like that if you're running through a it's single, good to have an option. Yeah. yeah, and if you're doing a single player run of the game, what do you care? You know what I mean? It's it's not right. like it's a competitive thing. Yeah. It's it, you're doing a single player. Run especially game. when you can just, you said save scum out of it anyway. It's like sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I do save scum the way that I do. It would be a very different yeah. dynamic in a multiplayer game. If you were running an actual, if you were running a four man party in a multiplayer run of the game, um, it would be a very different experience. But it would also be, I think, yes. more rewarding to fail. Because you can get yes, better can. moments out of it with your friends. Exactly. One of the funniest parts of D&D uh, that, you know, I've been playing D&D for a few years. One of the funniest parts is when someone fails a role so spectacularly badly that it changes the session for the night. Yeah, right, <laughs> and right. The, the consequence, you know, it is hilarious. Um, there was one time, uh, like, session, there was one time in a D&D session I was in where I was about to kick in a door and I rolled a natural one, a critical Ugh. failure, and I went tumbling down the stairs. <laughs> and I kicked the door and kicked myself down the stairs. It's just really funny things like that. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, when you're playing with uh, a party, failing is often funnier than succeeding. Yes. Uh, almost always. <laughs> so it's, and it also it, teaches you, the game, you also learn pretty early on. Now, here's a, this is a lesson I didn't learn when I should have. Mm-hmm. I had to learn this lesson late because I, I ran away from the first dungeon in the game because I did not have anything for, uh, and this, again, this isn't a spoiler. This is the very first dungeon in the game. It's right there where you start. Yeah. Like the entrance. Early is access there. has been out for years. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, so the, 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 I, I ran, I, I left that dungeon because there, I, I went to a room that was, everything was trapped and I did not have any trap disarm kits. I had zero. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to keep exploring and I'm going to keep trying to find people and maybe I can find a, maybe I can find some a rogue or uh, something. Yeah. A rogue or even a, even a, uh. Like, a, like even a, uh, oh shit, I forget, like a shopkeeper to, to trade with for for these things, oh, and yeah. then I'll come back and finish it. Well, then I almost finished Act mm-hmm. 1, and then remembered, oh, I never finished that dungeon. So, <laughs> I went yeah. back and played it, and finished it, and then I realized that in playing through part of the dungeon, and then quitting out, I had activated the quest line that gave me the ability to respec and hire hirelings, but I had no oh. idea why he showed up. Because I didn't actually finish the dungeon. I was so confused. This dude just showed up and he's like, I can give you hirelings and I can help you respec. And I'm like, oh, where did you come from? <laughs> but it was because I started that quest when I started the dungeon and got like over halfway through. And then when I got scared of the dungeon and left and I didn't realize that was a quest in my log. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so I just almost—I was like right next to finishing Act One, and I was like, "Oh, I, I better go clear that dungeon now. I've got plenty of stuff." So I go in there, Man, I clear it. It's easy peasy. 
if you're a completionist, uh, you're going to spend the rest of your life in this game. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I am trying yeah. so hard to be okay with the idea that I'm missing content. <laughs> like, just because I, I've spent so long in Act 1 that I'm like, I have to get moving, yeah. and there are still dark areas on my map. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know for a fact that there are there are little areas and little stories that I haven't experienced because I mm-hmm. I haven't filled in the map completely. But I've done yeah. what I know are the big stories for the zone, and I'm ready to move on. And I just have to be okay with the fact that maybe if I maybe if I put together uh, a maybe if I put together a, a rogue thief character to do a run through with because that sounds like fun in this game. Maybe I'll catch it. I was actually about to ask you if you were going to make a, if you're going to make a second character, if you what class you'd make. But yeah, Rogue, Rogue is what I first started with in D anD D, so it's 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 a very fun class. I really like the Rogue companion in the game. He plays very very mm-hmm. fun. So if I could put together yeah. a ranged thief, um, and and play it mm-hmm. with a more stealthy play style, like I could have a lot of fun basically doing stealth archer like in Skyrim. <laughs> But instead, yeah. it's are this considered, game. Uh, rogues are considered the skill and stat monkeys of uh, D&D. Uh, like, you can, like, turn them into, like, uh, glass cannon type uh, type characters where you can just, like... They're the type of class you take when you want to one do a lot of damage to a single target mm-hmm. uh, in one round. <laughs> See, in that's, this game... In this game, I I actually need to respec my rogue companion because he's I, mm. I I sort of spec'd him a little bit wrong. I expected to be using him to sneak more, um, and I'm not oh, because sure, my okay. whole party is like fighters and barbarians. So oh, is he a thief? Uh, he can be specked that way, and I kind of did spec okay. him that way, but I'm not using him that way. I'm using him more as range damage, and so I need to go okay. in and respec him for that a little better. Um, yeah. because I got a fucking really badass bow for him and I, I want to be using him to his full potential. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But it's, but here's the thing, dude, this is the first time uh, since we started talking about Baldur's Gate, it's been almost 30 mm-hmm. minutes, dude, since we started talking about Baldur's oh, Gate. Oh yeah. I'm fine talking about it. Well, yeah. uh, I'm just saying <laughs> this is the first time that in a long time that I have played a game and felt like. I could talk about this game forever. Like, oh, like, I mean, you absolutely could. There's more content than you can probably really ever play, right? right. Uh, like, without Deadly King, years of your life to it. Uh, so, it's like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, I know there's, I there are quests that I've screwed up, and I know I screwed them up. I know there were better ways to finish certain mm-hmm. quests that I, yeah. but, uh, dude, I let a guy take my eyeball out. And it was a series of checks, dude. A series of checks to deal with this very visceral scene of a guy stabbing my eye out with an ice pick. Okay? And I let him do it because I thought, I'm thinking to myself, it's a little metagaming, but I'm thinking to myself, there's no way that they're going to let me check my way through this whole scene. And I'm not going to get something fun at the end. Uh-huh. There's no way. And so I do it. It's like five different dialogue moments that you have to get through that where mm-hmm. you're just letting him do this. And then at the end of it, I ended up getting a buff. 
Oh, yeah. There and you it go. was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then there was another quest. Apparently, there's a few different ways that you can lose an eye in the game, and they all mm-hmm. give you different results. And oh, some of them cool. are buffs, and some of them have a debuff attached. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so I, I want to play through and lose my eye a different way. <laughs> like, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like there's a character, there was a character I came across later who was like, uh, I only want, I, she, she wanted something, she wanted me to do something. And it was like, well, well, what do you want me to, she was going to do something for me. And it was, well, what's your price? Right. And she said, I only want one of your eyes. And then. I, you can see it activate. The game's not perfectly smooth. You can see it activate where it was like, oh, but you don't have one to spare. And it was like, oh, <laughs> this is another opportunity to lose my eye and get something else out of it. Like, yeah, I, I would love to do that. I would love to let this person take my eye instead of the first guy who did. <laughs> but I then, love that sense without context. <laughs> But then you know there's people who didn't want to sit through that whole scene because it's very visceral, it's right. very uncomfortable, and you feel like you should you should quit out. But you uh-huh. know there's people who didn't do it, and they don't have that buff now. And so later right. on, when that buff yeah. has helped me, it's like, there are people who don't have that. Their playthrough's different from mine. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. And I, that that's such a cool thing, though, right, is that it's cool to play a game where you have choices uh actually matter and not just like you know for a lot of games, right choices may matter in like the ending cutscene or something some games right. a lot of you know some games have done that in the past uh this is a game where your choices matter from moment to moment like every like new quest can alter you know you can new npcs can act differently towards you based on actions you made in the past um that, that's <laughs> it's, really cool. it's so much so dude that I legitimately, I feel like I've done irreparable harm to this playthrough by not stealing that meat. <laughs> Can you go back and do it? Can you find it again and take I it? Could, or? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I kind of moved on. It didn't occur to me until later, and it's so many saves back now that, like, I, I don't, I don't no, know no, if I it mean, would like, make a difference. Just physically walk. I could. Could you go back? I could, but I don't okay. know if it would trigger the same because I've already moved on from Act 1. So, like... Uh, a lot uh, okay. of the quests in an area, when you move on from that area, a lot of the quests will yeah. auto-resolve in some way if you miss them. So, like, yeah, they, yeah, they're time gated. So, like, indeed, indeed, this happens. Like, if you don't, if you, like, uh, the DM will give you a certain amount of, like choices that are, are things you can like NPCs you can talk to, but if you don't uh, interact with them long enough. Uh, they go away because it's trying to stimulate the field that this is a living world. Right. You know, if you don't, you have a certain amount of time and if you don't do it, they're just going to do their own thing. They're not, it's trying to remove the effect of that. Hey, they're an NPC and they exist to serve you. They're just going to be there forever. And they, you can run off and take however many long rests you want. It doesn't matter. They're never going to go home. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas with this, it's like, no, they're actually a character in this world that you can Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's one of the that's one of the no, things I, that's fun about the game is that it mm-hmm. like I I have not played a game dude in so long I have not played a game where I felt like I actively changed my playthrough because I didn't steal a piece of meat. I don't even know if that's true, dude. 
That's just the feeling yeah. that I got from the interaction right. with this with this piece of meat out in the world. I now feel like because I made the choice not to steal it, I've changed something. And like I said, I don't even know if that's the case. There could be nothing attached to me stealing that piece of meat. Nothing at all. Right. Yeah. But I've got no idea. Watch, watch you get to the end of the game and you realize that was the key to everything. <laughs> yeah, that was the linchpin <laughs> moment. You should have stole the meat, jackass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's such a it's such a it's it's just a really rewarding experience to be like to be yeah. laying down and going to sleep and then thinking, "Oh shit, the meat was important, not the dagger." <laughs> it's like like that meat brain brain just like whispers to you it was the meat all over <laughs> exactly <you> open your eye <laughs> you're breaking up just a little bit but yes it's exactly like oh that. hold on yeah yeah let me figure. there we go but yeah it's, that's really fun <laughs> i mean that's that's the that is yeah. that is i feel like that is the kind of 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 sort of choice and freedom in gameplay that I that I've been looking for in like when I was playing Final Fantasy 14 and I know Final Fantasy 14 is on rails I, I wasn't expecting choices matter gameplay out of Final Fantasy 14 mm-hmm. but I, I, I was right. I, I wanted something that felt like I was making a difference to this world that exists in this game and yeah. and and not just that but also um, that the way that I played it could truly be different the second time around in a way that's not yeah. just combat. You know what I mean? Right. Just like the story is radically will be radically different. Uh, I could go through companions. Might yes, not exactly. I could go through and make enemies of all the factions that I've befriended on this run and see what it looks like yeah. when I do that. Right. Right. Or like, maybe, uh, you know, uh, befriending, ha- like, uh, you know, going half and half, like all the uh, people you befriended and all the people you made enemies with, do a mixture of that and see if the story turns out differently, which it probably would. It probably uh, would. You know, just, just as I mean, like that. I, I, on the lowest level, I know there's a difference in what vendors are going to be available later in the game. At the lowest level, I can tell that. Yeah. But I get this. I mm-hmm. get the sense that there's going to be whole scenes that are different by the time I get to Baldur's Gate. And oh, I'm that's, sure. That's like... Uh, just because I saved this guy or that guy, there's going to be whole things that are just right. totally different. Oh, I, I'm 100% sure of that, yeah. And, you know, the cool thing about it is that this seems to be the game that has done the best job at actually simulating what D&D is like at a tabletop oh, yeah. uh, uh, setting, right? Where it's like, yeah, you can do something, and it can completely throw a monkey wrench in the intended, I don't want to say intended, but the, the laid-out story the laid out main story. Right. You can throw a monkey wrench in it and it'll be hilarious. And yes, many cases. you can do, uh, you can go through a thing where it's like, you're helping this one faction. Right. And then you run across somebody mm-hmm. from that faction who you really hate and you just, you just kill them and then wipe out the whole faction. <laughs> and it's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. I don't like you. You're dicks. Like you could just yeah. do that if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it would make an appreciable difference. Like you, you're. It would it would actively yeah. make your playthrough different from somebody else's if you did that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's so awesome. That is really really cool. I, I um, it's also um, 
interesting that like uh, how much like the game kind of encourages you to find ways to break it. And that's true of D&D too, right? Like, you know, that video where it was like Matt Mercer, uh, where he's stacking all those crates on top of one another to get to an area he wasn't supposed to be able to unlock yet. It's like things like that that really make the game to me really cool is that if you're smart enough, you can kind of work your way around encounters or like, you know, uh, just do things like that. Um, that kind of like, you know, maybe, you know, I'm sure it wasn't developers knew it was an option, but it wasn't necessarily what they were in. They thought of when yeah. half pill. They thought players is, is not the area. intended way to do it, but you can do right. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the biggest problems yeah. that I'm having with the game is that I keep forgetting how free it is. So like if yeah, I'm right. If I'm walking through, let's say I'm trying to work my way into this area, right? I'm I'm trying to work my way into an area Mm -hmm. where a a faction is located and I have to get my way around because if I try to go through the main doors, they're just going to attack me. So I have to find a way around to get in the back way, right? Right. And then, so I'm I'm working my way around this place and I'm trying to get in a back way and and there's a wall there that's barricaded, right? And so I'm like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. you know, in my brain, that's played, you know, video games for, you know, since first like seriously played video games since the seventh mm-hmm. generation of consoles i'm like oh, okay so i, I can't go there I'm, I'm gonna have to go around and then forgetting that uh, uh, wait a minute i've got a, I, I not only do i have a spellcaster but i have a spellcaster who uses a bludgeoning weapon there's a number of ways i could take down that barrier yeah and i i just totally forgot like, I, I totally yeah. forgot that I could do that because I'm so used to, well, the oh, game yeah. put wood in my way, so I can't go there. Right. That's how, like, again, that's how you, we've, like, people who play a lot of games have been trained forever, is that if something is blocked, that's the game developer saying you have to find another way around. Uh, but here, it's like presenting you a, a choice. It's like saying, hey, you could find another way around, or you could do something really funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there were a couple of... I was looking at a couple of things on a... I was just looking through some of the forums and the Steam posts and stuff, and there was one guy who had said something <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I did a whole puzzle room before I realized I had already knocked the door that that opens when you finish the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, I was wondering what changed, and then I realized I I actually knocked that door when I first entered the room. I used knock on it, and it opened for me, and I could have just gone through. I didn't have to do the puzzle. I I was watching a video of someone who, um, they they were showing off a combat encounter. And uh, they were showing it. So basically in this combat encounter, the uh, reinforcements will be eventually called and the reinforcements will walk in through a door and, and, and fight you. Uh, and someone was showing how if you if you drop boxes in front of the door, you can actually block them from coming in and then they'll have to find another way in. Just things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like giving you more time way. against the ones you've got before they get reinforced. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I haven't used. So, I haven't it, used. I, 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 look, I'm I'm not playing on the hardest difficulty, so I haven't felt the need to use a lot of cheese strats. Um, right. With the exception of okay, there's one boss in the game whose mechanic mm-hmm. is cheesing, but it's different. <laughs> like it's a okay, but it's the mechanic. Like you're supposed to kind of cheese mm-hmm. him a little bit. Like that's it's there's specific mm-hmm. placements in the arena you can be where you you're supposed to be there and you're supposed to cheese him. And mm-hmm. the other thing too is, <clears throat> it's interesting and different from from Pathfinder, which is the most experience I have with CRPGs is, is Pathfinder. That's, mm-hmm. that's where I have the most hours. Um, it's 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 interesting that the game, like I'll I'll have a hard time in an area and then I'll be like. 
oh, wait, I could just split my party and go into turn-based mode early and do this differently. I could and approach the prize round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I could, I could approach this differently, and 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 instead of trying to run in and stay bunched up and try and cover each other, and I was like, I could just set my character smarter in turn-based yeah. mode before before the game forces me into turn-based, and have way yeah. more freedom in this encounter than I'm giving oh, yeah. myself. Like I'm actively making the game harder on myself because I keep forgetting <laughs> the options that are available. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it, 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 like from what I've seen from like uh, you know gameplay showcases of it, 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 they keep the element in D anD D, which is really cool, which is that you can use your environment to great effect. Um, oh yeah, right where it's like you can completely change how a combat encounter goes just by simply placing an object somewhere or something like that, mm-hmm. or just being like smart, right? So I don't know if you've used this before, but this is a very famous like D anD D thing. Like um, there, there's one spell. Um, a lot of magic users have called grease, um, and basically you just yep. create a big puddle of grease on the floor, and you can make it some en- enemies who fail the check will like slip and fall and go prone, and you can also like throw some flammable thing on it and light them on fire. <laughs> it's just like you can have these like. Really I had cool an effects. encounter where um, one grease puddle nearly wiped my party. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was really, really bad, and that was one of those encounters where I was like, you know, I should go into turn-based mode early and spread out a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it's just like the the environmental factors like that just really make the game fun because you know that you know there's if you the amount of replayability because you can play that again and you'll you won't play it the same way, right, uh, or something like that, right? Like, you know, you, especially you, if like, you're actually role playing your player character as like yes. as leader right. of the party, right? So you're going to approach things differently if you're actually role playing that character in right. that way. Yes, because if you're if you're role playing your character, your playable character as leader of the party, but they're a stealth archer, well, maybe you leave your party outside the room. And then you go in alone and engage, and your party's not locked in turn-based yet because they haven't been seen. So you can bring them in mm-hmm. to do stuff after you've already engaged as the as the leader, you know? Um, right. But doing it in a different way. You know, that, whether you're... Actually, yeah, I, I was going to ask... Um... I, sorry to interrupt. I, um, I no, was going to ask if um, are, are you role playing as your character, or are you making choices based on choices you would make yourself? I am. Um, so I generally I do this in in games like this. I make mm-hmm. my initial character sort of just make choices I would make. Yes, um, me too. Okay, yes, I do the same thing in yeah. the in the. Fr- yeah, the first time I go through a role-playing game, especially one where there's, like, dynamic choice trees and stuff like that, the first time, I make choices very similar to what I would actually choose. The second time, I become a murder hobo. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> See, I, I like to do stuff... I like to do it where the first time... Every time I end up... Like, like with Pathfinder, you end up getting your alignment, right? Like, your alignment's actually on a chart, mm-hmm. and it tells you. Right. Um, the first time I played through a Pathfinder game, it's chaotic good every time because that's so oh, yeah that's yep, just me too. i mean that's just the way i like to play the game yeah and those are the kind of choices i make in real life um right and yeah, so sure. and so that's just what i would do in this situation um the only difference being that uh i i i always play female in these games um mm. and i know that's like there you have your gold types where it's like no i want to be big burly dude and stuff and i was like i have no desire to be a big burly dude in these games I want to be female in these games because it's not, 
I I I I find nothing interesting or dynamic in big burly dude character. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Also, yeah, I, a lot of people when they immediately hear that they think, oh, okay, you just like you 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 know, uh, you they think it's almost like a creep type of thing where it's like, oh, you just want to look at a you know a female uh, type thing. But for me, it, it's sort of like, and I'm not saying that you know, it's like it, from from my own opinion, I'm saying that's how like a lot of people see it. But for me, it's also like I think the armor sets just look better. They really uh, when do. They're more slimmed down. They really and do. That's a lot always of the time. been my opinion. Uh, like in Destiny, I play a female time because I don't like the big bulky armor sets. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I, female really- hunter in Destiny has the has the best armor yeah. silhouette um, in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, but I mean, so- even then, like, I but I will play like on a second playthrough. I did this in in Star Wars: Old Republic. My first character was a uh, a a Sith character. I started on a Sith character and then played the Sith character switching sides. Um, and that was my first solo oh, tour okay. playthrough yeah. with, with that, with that character. And, uh, she's a female, uh, uh, Sith character. And then my second character was, I was like, I want to role play something else. And so I made a big burly <laughs> dude who was a, like a gray, like a perfectly gray Jedi monk type character, very detached, sometimes made the evil choice because it's like, that's the one that's going to get me to my end goal fastest. Like Mm -hmm. that kind of, that kind of character was fun to role play as, but I didn't identify with it in the way that I identify with like a, a female chaotic good character. Because anytime I make Mm -hmm. a big burly dude character, I just want to make them a stoic and that's boring. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Like, I, 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 and yeah, maybe that's like a problem with me or whatever, but anytime, anytime I make no, a, a no. big dude character who's like, you know, big, you know, muscle guy, fucking, you know, uh, early World of Warcraft type character, every time I do that, I just want to make him a stoic and then I end up boring myself because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm playing this guy in a boring way because I, I think he should be played boring because he's a big burly dude. <laughs> I I kind of uh, do something kind of the opposite, uh, but also kind of similar. Where uh, one of my favorite like tropes is the tank who is like a dwarf uh, or a hobbit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> like, that's that's very fun. That's just I, I love doing it. I love the juxtaposition of it. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, but um, but yeah, I I like. You know, I, I do something very similar, which is like I think like the first time I ever played D anD I basically just made a stand in character for myself type thing, right? Sure. Um, uh, but everything after that, I'd like embrace the more wacky uh, wackiness of it, and that's that's been really fun. So like I, I do pretty much the same thing, where it's like yeah, for the first playthrough, I usually make choices uh, very similar to what I would actually choose. Uh, but on the second playthrough, uh, in third or third or fourth or whatever, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to make insane choices and yeah. it will probably kill my entire party. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing where, and that's one of the interesting things about Baldur's Gate is that there's a lot of games where like, for example, in like cyberpunk, there are things you can do in that game mm-hmm. to piss certain people off and, and it will affect the ending mm-hmm. of the game. Um, yeah. those in, but in those games, I'm. I find myself playing for the good ending. You know what I mean? Sure, um, sure. Which I guess I'm still doing a little bit in Baldur's Gate, but but in Baldur's Gate, I want to see what the bad ending looks like. Yeah, 
Well, it also, it, it's, you know, the, in a lot of games, right, like, um, even, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 and stuff like that, there's, like, you know, you can make, you can have good or bad endings, and as you said, like, Cyberpunk and stuff like that, you can have uh, different endings, but I, I think something like um, with uh, Baldur's Gate 3, it's like, yeah, you can have a good ending, but you could also have, like, 20 good endings and 20 bad endings and maybe some endings in between. <laughs> right, know? right. Stuff like that. So there's a bunch of different types, you know, uh, subcategories and, and with a, a, a more broad spectrum. Like over the course of the third act, things can be so different based on what you did early in the game. And yeah. so you're and so this is what you're what you're it, it sort of begs you to be like, OK, I mean, I know I know you're playing this this playthrough this way, but don't you want to come back and see what it would be like if you didn't? And and my answer exactly. that's yes, yeah. in a way with this game that it's yeah. not with a lot of games. Right, exactly. Yeah. Some games you play through once, some story-based games you play through once, and you're like, I enjoyed that. I don't have a strong urge to go back, though. Uh, you know? Uh, it's it's the difference... The like, yeah, yeah, no, go for it. Go for it. No, no, I was, I was just going to end by saying uh, that that's really the... Uh, shows you the type of game it is, where it's like, no, uh, the, the, the point of the game is your choices affecting other things. That's yes. the point of game, like D&D and Baldur's Gate 3. That, uh, so it, it begs you to see how things could be different if you had chosen otherwise. Yeah, and the story's interesting either way. Like, that's one of the interesting... That's one mm-hmm. of the things about this game is that I, I really am interested in this story because there's so much mystery, at least through Act 1, um, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to start being revealed in Act 2. I, I really don't know. I, I mean, as you finish Act 1, if you choose to play certain quests certain ways, um, there's already some stuff that's starting to be revealed that's like, oh, this is very interesting. This is very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the, it, the game, at the very beginning of the game, it throws you for a loop. Because if you're like me, and you spend 45 minutes in character creation, um, mm-hmm. because I do that, and I... Yeah. In fact, oh, yeah, I, I'm thinking about for my second playthrough, I'm probably going to go install mods so I can actually change more about the character. Um, mm-hmm. But the the I, I love I love spending a lot of time in character creation. I got this is how much I love it. I I don't play Soul Calibur games. I got mm-hmm. Soul Calibur six specifically because of the character creation in the game, not because Dude, I even I, enjoy Soul Calibur. <laughs> yeah. I just like creating characters and give video game creators. Yeah. In, in like yeah, I it's enjoy, great. Even if there's no game to play afterwards, I just enjoy the process. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, what different looks can I make? What can I, what can I throw together to, to, to like yeah. make this, you know, what, what different archetypes, how would this character behave? And sometimes just getting caught up in character creation, you end up making up a character and it's like, well, now I have to role play this character because this is too cool. Right. Um, you just, there's a certain combination that just clicks for you in that moment. And you're like, well, now I have to save this preset somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But is the difference between that and like the game at the very beginning of it? After you finish your character creation, you've been there for, mm-hmm. again, if you're like me, you've been there for 45 minutes to an hour making your mm-hmm. character, weighing your options, reading about the class bonuses, <laughs> reading about the race bonuses, reading about which multi-classes might work best with this class, and, and mm-hmm. all that. And then you get to a point where you finish your character, and you hit go, and then the game says, <laughs> create your guardian. And you're dropped into yeah. another <laughs> character creator. And it's like, yeah. create my what? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> what am I making? I'm I'm doing yeah. a what now? And the the the, the it, it doesn't tell you what that means. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, make your make your guardian. Uh 
okay, I guess I will. And so I did. And it was like, and it was the, when that character finally shows up in the game, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I made the choices I did on that second character creator because it felt important to make them cool. And I did. And it rocks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know exactly the story significance, and you and you don't have to say anything about it, obviously. But it um, that that's something you do in D and D a lot. Like sometimes a, a DM will ask you sometimes to create like a second character, and then they'll treat that character as an NPC until you want to play that character. Uh, oh, that's cool. Story. Kind uh, of like a yeah, like a like yeah. if you want to so, have an opportunity for a swap later. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what what the point of it is yep so you can like have the story you can have the character built up through the story but because you made that character if you want to like swap them out for a session or swap them in for a session i should say uh you can totally do that so that that's cool i I like that i like how much attention to detail that the team at larian did to say we're going to stimulate the DD experience as much as we possibly can in the video game and that is so cool but if you remember on, on the last episode i said this feels like the kind of game that you could absolutely ruin your playthrough and i know there are people who when they were faced with that second character creator they did the dark Uh souls thing where they sent all the sliders Uh one way and they made it look ridiculous and then uh it shows up in this very important role in the game and they're like oh no (laughs) i have i have actively wrecked all the drama to this because i made a doofus yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> That's a, I mean, yeah. That what better way to emphasize that your choices matter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and um, it, that's actually an excellent point because. It is totally unexplained when you're dropped into that second character creator, and it's like mm-hmm. it's 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 it very much is a moment where it's like you're already making a choice, and it's going to matter, and you have no idea what the context is, and there's there are other yeah. choices like that throughout the game, like. I, I, dude, I was thrown for a loop when it was telling me, do I want to do a perception check on this piece of meat? Yeah. I was like, what, 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 what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Why is this important? Why does this have a check on it? I'm so scared. <laughs> also, so outside of creating a custom character, I believe you can also play as the companions from the start as well. Like, uh, you can choose a companion to play as, I believe. I'm uh, not sure. Yeah. I didn't run into it, but that's not the kind of thing I would run into because I love creating a character so much. If that was an option, I would okay, have yeah, totally I, overlooked it. Okay, I think so. Like, I, I could be completely wrong about this, but I, from what I understand, like when it says character creator and it says like custom, where you can make a custom character, under that are your are the list of companions, and I believe you can choose just to play as one of those as well um, that you meet through the story, like from the start. Um, um, and then, like you meet the other companions as well. Um, I wonder if the but, companion quest becomes your background quest because you have a short I, background yeah, quest with a custom I'm, character. I'm pretty sure it actually does. Yeah. Oh, that would be very so that cool. E- that's even more replayability. That's even more replayability. And there's even another. Um, there's another character actually called the Dark Urge. I don't know if you've seen that in the character creator, but apparently. Um, starting is that, and that's a that's a custom character, but it has a completely different narrative story. Um, so, like, you can make them look or like whatever you want. They can maybe any class you want, right? Um, but they have a completely different narrative throughout the entire game, um, from what I understand. You're telling me there's a uh, fucking so second campaign more. in this game? Yes, there's. Well, well, it, it's the same campaign, but there is different like 
your it's just it's story just story is a little different. different yeah it's like yeah like like yeah you know like the narration voice that you you run into in the game yeah. there's more of that for that character that's it specifically um, uh, changes like certain contexts of certain scenes or i have a lot of scenes actually i'm sure probably. Oh, it, it gives you other that could be super well, cool. it gives you other it gives you other options um to play as like uh different choices i'm pretty sure in fact um like in when you have a choice like the dark urge character type uh has different choices um than just a standard custom character or added choices i should say um so that's that offers a completely new they said you should only play the dark urge on your second playthrough though not the first playthrough sure apparently i don't know why but well probably because it it, Mm -hmm. based on kind of what you're saying it feels almost like um and this could be totally off base but what you're describing sort of reminds me of do you remember in vampire the masquerade there's the um there's the character there's the or the 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 clan that is insane but they're insane because they have some weird connection to like uh the universe and consciousness yeah that's yeah yeah, that that's somewhat very similar to what that character, the Dark Urge character, is. Okay, because that's a that's a really yeah. cool. I know so, people who play the Masquerade a lot. I've I've only ever done one playthrough of Vampire the Masquerade, but I know there are people who people who love to replay that game, like picking that character because the the dialogue choices make no fucking sense. Kinda, <laughs> like like they make no sense, but there's a little bit of like there's a grain of of things in there that like you can pick. And the, the the apparently it's a very fun way to play that game on like a second or third time is yeah. to pick that so, clan and just be insane. If you, yeah, exactly. So from what I understand, if you are on your second playthrough and you want to play a more like murder hobo type character, uh, play the Dark Urge uh, because apparently you will have even more opportunities to do very many more heinous things. Oh <laughs> it will actually change the story. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So there's just a there's more choices than you could like conceive of at, at the start um, of the game that just can radically change it, and that that's just so cool. Uh, it's really uh, the cool. more I talk about the more I'm like, the more I talk about the more I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go get that SSD tomorrow. Anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's a it's man. It, it's it is just like I said. It's been a long time, probably since I was a kid, mm-hmm. like legitimately a kid, since I played a game that I was like wow this really feels like a game like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a chore it doesn't feel uh-huh. like i'm it, it doesn't feel like i'm I'm just grinding to be grinding because like if you if you do like a semi-completionist kind of thing your leveling mm-hmm. is fine you're gonna be fine at least all the way up through act yeah. one if you do like a semi-completionist kind of thing there's a couple of things you mm-hmm. could probably miss and your level would be totally fine to move on and and be able to handle the next area. Um, mm-hmm. You're not missing out on that much XP. Uh, as long as you play sort of the stories in an, in an area, play the stories, and you'll get all the XP you need. Um, mm, okay, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's it's... It doesn't feel like you have to go and, like dig up and find side quests for right to grind xp or anything like that um right at least not yet and, I, I don't know if it'll be like that yeah. later but it's not now yeah that's good but it's also 
uh, even better that from what I understand, the side quests don't feel like chores. They feel like, oh, this is a cool thing I could discover. No, you seek out the side quest because every time you walk into a fog of war area on your map, there's something new and it's kind of cool. Like, I just exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Like there was a, there was a little corner of the map that I hadn't opened up yet. And so I walked into that little corner of the map and it turns out there's a building on fire and um, I have to save the person who's in there, and it's actively linked to my to one of my companion quests, and I had no idea. Like it's like a secondary oh, quest that a companion has that if you go save uh, some people from this fire, you now have another mission related to like a secondary quest for a companion when you hit Act Two. That's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. But but I I could have just never filled in that part of the map. It was up in the corner. I wasn't like worried about it. I just wanted to mm. I just knew I could get there easily and I wanted to fill in that part of the map and see what was there. And and that was what happened. And the same thing happened with the meat. The only reason I ran across that meat is because <laughs> there was a little dark spot on my map. And I was sitting there and I'm like, this little dark spot on my map is bothering me. I'm just gonna go fill it in real quick. And it turns out there's a piece of meat with a knife in it, and now I'm panicking because I don't know if I'm supposed to steal the meat or not because I don't know if there's content attached to it I like how it all comes back to the meat ultimately it's, like- it's, the, it's the perfect encapsulation of the game it's, yeah. the, it's the perfect yeah. encapsulation of, of the experience of playing the game because I was laying down and I was going to sleep and, and I, it just it hit me it hit me like a ton of bricks, dude. I was like, oh shit, the meat was the important part of that. Yeah, because you said you had to roll a... You know, it's always funny, you were talking about how you have to roll a perception check for that. When you're playing D&D and your DM says roll a perception check, you immediately know something's wrong. I know! And that was the like, thing. And so when the reward for passing the perception check was, uh, if you wiggle the knife a little bit, it'll come out of the meat. I was like, mm-hmm. this is weird. This is very strange. Uh-huh. <laughs> And yeah. so I stole... Like, I kind of just assumed that. <laughs> right! And it's a deck. It was a... It, here's the thing, too. This is what makes it extra fun that that happened, right? I'm almost... I almost don't want to steal the meat on my second playthrough because I don't want to find out there's nothing attached to it. I like the idea uh. that I missed something <laughs> because I didn't steal a piece of meat. Because one of the uh-huh. things that makes that interaction more interesting... And there's little details like this. I, I say this because there's little details like this scattered all throughout the game. One of the things that made that interaction, that moment, so interesting was the dagger was a plus one. And it was just stuck in a piece of meat. Huh. So it's like a dagger you want. Especially in the first zone of the game. Yeah, and a plus one dagger. I I assume this is how it works in uh, Baldur's Gate, but I could be wrong. In D&D, a plus one is a magically tuned weapon, usually. Uh, Um, Yes, it... it, it may or may not. Yeah, it may or may not have an effect on it. That is, that is a that is a magical effect or a magical damage type, or it could just mm-hmm. be enchanted for plus one damage. Like it, 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 it right. could be you know any of those. But um, I saw it was a it was a plus one because it shows up. They there's a a hotkey. This is a great design choice, by the way. There's a key that um, if you hold down left alt, you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that you that your character can see, your currently selected character, mm-hmm. anything they can see, if it's uh, a piece of loot, uh, it will have. Have you seen in like ARPGs like Path of Exile and Diablo when like the loot stack is just a bunch of nameplates? 
Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that when you hold down alt. Okay. So like if there's if there's oh, lootable stuff on the ground, it comes up as a nameplate because you can miss it. Like right. a dagger's very small, and if it's like over in a bush, you're gonna miss it. But if you if you hit left mm-hmm. alt, it'll come up as a nameplate, and you can just click the nameplate and go grab it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely. a really good design choice in the game. I appreciate it very much. But it comes up if it's a if it's a plus one. It's it's green text and it's like dagger plus one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, hold yeah. on. Why is there a good yeah. dagger? up Magically, here? Yeah. Imagine the enchanted dagger and a piece of meat is quite strange. Right. <laughs> and so I go up to yeah. pull the dagger out and I have two options. I can do a perception check to see what's going on with this dagger and this piece of meat. Or I can do a strength check or no, it was a dex check to lightly uh-huh. wiggle the dagger out of the meat. Yeah. Those were my options. And it was like, why is there a check attached to this? And so I did the perception check because I was like, man, this is going to be something's going to be fucked here. And so I did the perception <laughs> check. And the result of the sh- perception check was if you wiggle the dagger, it'll come out of the meat. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I, 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 and, and it's extra funny because I save scum that perception check. <laughs> like I reloaded that perception check like five times, four or five times. And then I get it, and it, it, it gives me no information, and I pull the dagger, and I'm like, you you take the dagger, and you take it. And it's like, oh, okay, uh-huh. cool, I took the dagger, yeah, and nothing happened, and so I walked away and kept going, and just, you know, kept filling in my map and doing other stuff. And then it was, I was going to bed, and it was like, oh my god, the meat. <laughs> oh my god, the meat. I should have been paying attention to the meat. Yes, yes, you should have. I made a I made a, a similar mistake in a different portion where I needed to I needed to pickpocket a key off of somebody and I hadn't used pickpocketing in stealth very much in the game. And I was like, okay, well I'll I'll take this opportunity rather than just killing this character, I'll take the opportunity to to try out I, I got some good stealth gear for one of my characters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll take the opportunity. I'll load up my rogue with stealth gear and I'll go in and, yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll try to pickpocket this Light character. Bandit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I nailed it. Right. And so I go and yeah. I use it and it turns and the characters in the game react very realistically to being stolen from in that mm-hmm. you have a couple of seconds and then they notice. And then they start <laughs> looking around. And if you're in the area, You'll you will uh-huh. get dragged into dialogue with them, and you'll have to try to work your way out of the problem. Um, <laughs> and so I got dragged into dialogue with her. I didn't realize how quickly she was going to re- again. I'm used to Skyrim, where a barricade means you don't get to go that way, and a pickpocket is never noticed. So uh-huh. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I paid. Like, there was an option, it was a weird out-of-place option, but I think it's because it's the default option the first time you get picked pickpocketing. It just didn't really fit with the story in that moment. But it was like, you can pay 200 and something gold, and and, and they'll overlook it for a little bit. And so I did that, Mm -hmm. and then I kept going, and it was about five minutes later, I was like, I really want that gold. So I I reloaded the game. (laughs) You want to see me do it again? (laughs) Exactly. I reloaded the game. I used my stealth abilities a little bit smarter to where I was able to get a little bit farther away. And then when I was approached, (laughs) I had those same options, but instead I chose 
No, I'm, I'm going to talk my way out of this. I'm not just going to panic and pay. I'm going to talk my way out mm-hmm. of it. And I ended up getting a... I think it was a uh, it was a deception check that I did really well on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like done and done. But I, I actively regretted paying 200 gold so much... <laughs> <laughs> that I reloaded that. exactly well I reloaded about four minutes of gameplay I, I rolled back and I was like I can't I, I have to because it bothered me ever since I did it because I knew that I had messed up on the order of my stealth skills and I could have gotten uh-huh. out of there faster and I was like I can yeah I could do I can run that again so I immediately I just reloaded yeah. it I was like I'm, I'm not I'm getting my 200 gold back <laughs> The real question I'm actually curious about is, have you romanced any bears yet? (laughs) No, because I think that's, I think you get that option in act two. I think. Okay. I have not yet done it. I suspect that I will. And this is one of the interesting things about the game is like, if you're playing, okay, so like Mass Effect has these romance options, right? And Cyberpunk actually has. You have romance options in Cyberpunk, but they're very locked down. Um, Like you get, you get two romanceable characters in Cyberpunk mm-hmm. based on your based on your uh, gender um, that you chose in the game. You get two mm-hmm. romanceable characters in the game, and yeah. then you know one of them one of them is a gay romance, the other one's a straight romance, mm-hmm. and that's all you get. In this game, you <laughs> can actively romance all your companions if you want to. Oh yeah, and yeah. some of them are totally cool with that. And some of them will get mad at you. Oh yeah. You can fumble it. You can just like, yeah, you, this, yeah, you can completely fail it. Like some of the companions, yeah. Like some of the companions are totally cool with you fucking around with other companions. They don't care. They're just like, Oh yeah, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not here for anything more than that either. And then some of the companions are very monogamous (laughs) and they will become very angry (laughs) if they, if they find (laughs) out that you were, that you've been messing around with the other companions. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say that's one one little issue that I have with the game is that knowledge is transmuted between characters and companions magically. Like and by that I mean the companions just know shit. Like oh, even, I see. even if they weren't with you on a particular well, let's say they weren't that, with you on a particular that, run. Isn't there a lore reason for that though? Uh, yes, but it's very hand wavy. When they use it for that okay. kind of shit. I see. Gotcha. It just feels hand wavy. There is, <laughs> but it's obvious that it's like, I mean, it. I think it's relatively obvious that it has more to do with the same reason that you have a 100% combined inventory at all times, sure, which is sure, that sure. they just don't want you juggling that much. <laughs> Sure, sure, and yeah. they don't want you having to juggle companion knowledge and all that other shit too. So like they, I got you. Yeah. Like it seems, it seems pretty obvious that it's a decision that's made for gameplay purposes mm-hmm. and not really because it makes okay. sense. Yeah. Um, there is theoretic, theoretically a lore reason, but then also <laughs> that introduces more problems because my character has consistently been able to hammer wisdom checks so that people can't read their mind. <laughs> And oh, it's like, I see. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Well, then I should be able to block that particular piece of knowledge from other people. Mm-hmm. Like that. I mean, 
come on. Like, uh, you know what I mean? It's right. just it's just very hand-wavy yeah. in video game logic that when you go to your camp, sure. all of your companions are aware of what's just occurred in your playthrough, even though you only had three mm-hmm. of them with you. <laughs> yeah. And that well, includes whether or not you fucked one of them. I think. Maybe you can handle it that way by saying the the uh, companion to talked about it right to the other sure right both you know what I mean yes <laughs> yeah yeah but I was a little pulled out of the game when one of my companions was mad sure. at me for sleeping with one of my other companions and I was like how mm-hmm. do you even know uh, sure sure like come on man but it's it's that is a that is. I would say that's my biggest complaint with the game. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so it's effectively nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not even really you a good like. self checks. Oh yeah, exactly. Like something like yeah. that would have been fun, just to kind of uh-huh. spice it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm also happy, and this is something that like people, I, I like. I know there's people who just like who think that this is dumb and stuff, but I'm also happy that the game is like is it's that the game's uncensored. Like if you actually oh, yeah. want your barbarian character to run around fully nude, you can just do that. You can do it. Yeah. And won't people make comments about it too? Or isn't it reactive to that? Yeah, uh, you know, here's the thing. I haven't done it. I, I don't I don't have my Oh like, like I don't. Okay. I have my barbarian. My barbarian who doesn't wear any armor or whatever wears mm-hmm. basically the just regular clothing set. So it's like, okay. yeah, yeah. So I haven't really done that, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was reactive, because there's. I'm pretty sure it is. It wouldn't surprise me. I might, I might even try it. I might, I might go do a, yeah. a mission or something with it with uh, yeah. my barbarian totally naked just to see if people respond. <laughs> Because it's it's I, I wouldn't surprise me if they did. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I've seen some. I, I saw a picture where apparently there were like just a random NPCs just noticed it and like said something about it. Oh, it wouldn't be it would be it would be it would not be surprising at all if there were just like because yeah. when you're walking by NPCs, sometimes they'll have a voice line. It wouldn't surprise me at all mm-hmm. if that was included in there. Um, yeah, as like an NPC voice line of just like what what are you doing? Yeah. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> yeah. It's it's also uh, kind of crazy to think just how many, like, voice dialogue, uh, like, trees there are and stuff like that. Like, all the different dialogue in the game is... Uh, it's, it's wild. I do not know how much audio booth time there was uh-huh. in this game. But I would venture to guess that there was about as much sound booth time... No, more. I would say if your playthrough of this game is going to take, let's say, look, I, I'm kind of near the end of Act 1, doing basic math. Uh, let's say by the end of the game, you have almost about a, about 100 hours in the game. Okay? By the mm-hmm. time you like finish everything on a semi-completionist run, you have about 100 hours in the game. I would not be surprised if their actual time in the booth to get voice lines was three, four times that. Because... Oh, yeah. Because even when you're walking around in the open world, your companions interact with each other. And the conversations don't repeat. They're contextual. So, like, I'll be walking into a particular place and I'll have two companions with me 
who make an observation back and forth. You know, maybe one of the companions likes this place and the other one hates this place. And they'll go back and forth about that. And I've never heard that again. The next time something happens, it's a different interaction. And I discovered, through my adventures in safe scumming, I discovered that different companions will have different lines in response during your actual dialogue trees with with other characters. So the companions get to get their two cents Mm -hmm. in, right? Which is good. It's it's something that's good in companion writing generally in games like this. Well, I discovered in my safe scumming that, like, there's it's random rolled. There's not really precedent for, like... Unless it's really, really story important and like it's one of those things where you want to have this companion with you for this quest. I had mm-hmm. a character say something while I was in an interaction with another character. I saved, I, I, uh, I reverted the save and another one of my companions had a different voice line entirely. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. There's multiple options for this uh-huh. and it's like random? <laughs> yeah. Like there's no precedent here. It's it's just right. This companion got to say their piece, and then the next time I I rerolled that save, the other companion said their piece, and it was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Well, if if they've got <laughs> voice lines for know. every companion for every piece like that, yeah, dude, the amount of dialogue in the game. So. I, I won't say too much because I, I don't know how much people would consider it a spoiler, but one of the cities um, that you can go to, one of the big like centers that you can go to, one of the hubs, um, has, like I think they said, like 3,000 NPCs in it or something like that. Um, and half of them are interactable and have dialogue trees voiced. I discovered <laughs> early on in the game, just because I, I was curious and, and talking to people, I discovered that there are side quests in this game that are buried behind interacting with NPCs that in any other game would just yes. be would just be set dressing. Now it's it's not very many. Yeah. I haven't run into very many. I've I've, I've had a couple, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that it's like, well, now I have to talk to every NPC because right. And who knows? Maybe you made a different choice. Maybe that would have triggered some other event that you don't know about. Exactly. Like maybe there's somebody that I missed on the road who if I had spoken to them I would have had a that that mm-hmm. their thing would have linked with someone else's. I know there's a story I missed. Um there's a story that I missed that had to do with an owlbear early on in the game. Um that oh, cool. I I totally missed this story just because I I didn't um really chase it down because I was really busy. I I was honestly I was doing the main story quest. I didn't want to break away from that and get distracted because it mm-hmm. I didn't know it at the time, but the time sensitivity of the game is based on your long rests. So, yeah, like yep. if you, there are certain quests that if you long rest too many times, it will auto resolve. Um, yep. But the I didn't know that, so I was I was thinking it was running on game time, like well, like in Pathfinder, the first Pathfinder game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was trying to run this quest before somebody who I was supposed to save died. Because I didn't realize they weren't mm-hmm. going to die. It wasn't going to matter. Um, unless I long rested too much. But, uh, and, and by the way, there's no like long resting too much. It's like long resting the amount you feel like you need to long rest is probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's if you're yeah. like scumming the long rests. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're doing a kind of thing where it's like every time you have a little interaction, you do a long rest, you're definitely going to fuck stuff up. Um, uh-huh. But if if you're playing through the game where it's just, you know, taking advantage of your short rests and, and doing your, you know, playing things and not really using a long rest until you finish like a, you know, a sizable fight, 
Uh, you're you're fine. Mm-hmm. The, the it's the time gating in the game is not that aggressive. Right. It's okay. It, it's uh, yeah. It's not that mean. It's not as mean as the first Pathfinder game. I know last episode before, like, but this was like before you started playing it. We talked about the slow build in the last episode. You say you didn't like turn-based combat, and I'm not a huge fan of turn-based combat either. I I don't mind it, but it's not you know my favorite. But I feel like the, a game like this, and of course D and D couldn't obviously work without turn-based combat, right? Right. The, the tabletop obviously couldn't work without turn-based combat. Do you feel like you appreciate it because it it does make your choices matter more or what's your opinions on the turn based in Baldur's Gate 3? Um, it's been mostly fine. I I have not really had an encounter that I felt like I was hurt by the fact that it's turn based. In fact, I, 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 I've only had encounters where I felt like the fact that it was turn based was actually helping me because Mm. I've, because I've focused so much on making allies, I've, I've avoided a lot of fights that would have been big fights. And, um, okay. Yeah. And so I, but the only fights that I've had are like the really big fights. And so mm-hmm. okay, for me, it's, it's, it's the kind of fight that I would have gone to turn based anyway, because I it's see. just okay. that big. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, right. And so I haven't really run into a thing. Like there's a, there's an area in the game where, you can, if you if you're not too aggressive, if you're playing sort of friendly, there's an area in the game early in the game that you would have to clear. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to clear if you play your your dialogue right. Right, and that's that's one of the awesome things about uh, like D and D and Baldur's Gate, which is that, that yeah, you can just talk your way out of situations you would have had to fight. Um, yeah. Because like I'm walking yeah. through this town full of guys that I know I would have to clear this town if I had made mm-hmm. one wrong move in the dialogue tree. I was going to have to yeah. clear this whole town, and that was going to be a pain. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, turning down turning down the difficulty is a good option to have. Um, mm-hmm. And the difficulty is dynamic. I th- I'm pretty sure you can turn it back up if you want to. Because the like yeah. when you pause the game, difficulty is an option right there. It's not like it's buried in the settings or anything. It's just okay, yeah. it's right there on the pause screen. So it's a game that they really they don't want you to be frustrated playing the game. Right. Right. Yep. They want it to be as easy or as hard as you want it to be. Right. And and it's if, not like a Dark Souls situation where the difficulty is the game. Right. Uh, Right, because really the difficulty for the game is, um, well, I mean, even then, like, you don't have to take a loss on a dice roll, just reload. Just make sure you quick save before you roll a dice. Yeah, the difficulty is a flavor setting. It's like, okay, what do you want your experience to be tailored with? That's exactly right. And you can make fights punishing, you can, but um, I don't want to do that because I I know that if I do that, I'm not going to get to see as much of the game. Because I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm, right, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm not going to want to be as completionist if I'm constantly getting caught up in big fights that are just for taking sure. forever to, to get through. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. And so I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm playing on an easier difficulty. I'll, if uh, like mm-hmm. I turned it up once uh, and then I turned it down again on a, on a harder fight, like it, it I'm messing with it, but it's it's kind of. It's, it's one of those things where I don't feel the need. I. I I feel like you you prove your character 
in the dialogue trees and you yes. prove your character in those in those smaller fights that mm-hmm. that mean a lot but it's like boss fights or or fights with um fights where you have like a few high ranking people that are that are going to burn you down if you don't strategize well and take them out quick mm-hmm. uh those are the fights where I feel like you prove your build and you prove your character and you prove your role play. Right. Uh, I, I don't feel like, yeah. I don't feel like wrestling with a fight is, is going to be fun in this game. Uh, it just, it just doesn't feel yeah. like that's what you want to do. Here. Right. Yeah. The, like the whole point of like, you know, tabletops like D and D and, and of course, Baldur's Gate three, which is based on D and D is the fact that you want to feel like everything that went into your build, everything that went, character matters and that's why combat is important because there are obviously things that are tuned for combat in the character creator uh and you want those things to feel rewarding right yes so that combat has to kind of be there of in some parts because you want to exemplify that part of your character and you uh, want to in situations 100 and you want to feel right for picking right you want to feel you want to feel smart yep. because because it's like you picked the right synergies with this character that yep. You and 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 you put your party together in such a way that you've developed a play style that allows you to you know if I need to strategically take out a target that's way over there I can engage a character to do that uh, yeah. but like you know uh, I don't have two I run two barbs most of the time but I don't have two frenzy barbs I've got one frenzy mm-hmm. barb and I've got one barb that has uh, uh, beast rage uh, that's mm-hmm. the elk power. And the reason I have that is because if I need to get a lot of damage on somebody who's 50 feet away instead of 30, I need to be able to get there. And so yeah, that's yep, yep. why I, I spec that barb that way is because I can actively do that with that character because my range characters are a little soft. Um, but mm-hmm. I can get yeah, sure. distance yeah. and I can get move speed and I can make up for that weakness in the party. And and it's it, the synergy feels great in that way. And, and mm-hmm. I felt like a very smart boy for picking that. Because it's worked out so well, and it's yeah. allowed me to win fights that would have been harder if I hadn't picked that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Have you considered what um, uh, if if you want a multi class, what class you'd want to multi class with your barbarian? I have not. I did not take the opportunity to multi class. I think that was at level two or three. I did not take that opportunity because I honestly the stuff that was available seemed. More fun than trying to make a more complicated synergy work. Does that make sense? Oh, sure. No, that's fair. And I think for the first for the first time for your first character, I, I usually don't multi-class because you just kind of want to experience the character as it is in its full potential, right? Uh, for that class. Uh, so yeah, that makes sense to me. I do think you can you, at any time you level up. I think or I, I could be forgetting the rules. At least I or it could be different. D&D to Baldur's Gate 3, but I think like every time you level up, or maybe every two levels, you get a chance to uh, multi-class into another one. I, I forget which one it is, but it's one of those. But I uh, haven't seen it. can be fun, but it can overcomplicate it a I'm, bit. I'm level 5 and I haven't seen it, I think, since level 2 or 3. So it'll probably be mm, level okay. 6 or 7. It might be every 3 levels uh, okay. that you have the Do you have... Um, is there an option to where you like you auto level where it just automatically something for you or like um or you can manually pick like uh what you want next? I there might be an auto pick button. I've never interacted mm-hmm. with it. 
Okay, gotcha. um, yeah, nor would I. I wouldn't want to. Uh, if I, well, because a lot it, yeah. of the the most of the picking that you do when you're when you're leveling the character uh, or all your mm-hmm. characters, most of the picking that you're going to be doing at least up through like level five. Bar- barbarians are a little more complicated because you're picking, um, you're you're picking uh, uh, stuff about how the character is actually going to play, but for like wizards or whatever, you're mostly just picking spells. And so you're picking out what's mm-hmm. going to have the most utility for the kind of party that you're running. And that is mm-hmm. that you, I wouldn't want to auto I wouldn't want to auto pick that. that. That that's very no, that's kind of a very personal thing to your play style. I 100%. Yeah, I would not want to do that either. Yeah. Yeah. Um you said you you kind of wanted to play a rogue next, right? I think I might try to like, go I think I might try to do a more stealthy playthrough because I know that there's been a lot of interactions in the game that I've looked at where the sight lines are and I've been mm-hmm. like, you could, you could stealth your way through this. It, it, like you could, you could absolutely stealth your way through this. It just is going to take a lot of time and I don't feel like messing with it. So I'm just going to engage the fight. Yeah. But, but I know what you could the, uh, do it and I kind of want to. One of the uh, people's favorite multi-classes in D and D is rogue barbarian. <laughs> That's what I was actually thinking about. Because you get you, you get, get the best of both worlds. Dude. You get the option of the ranged and the melee hidden kill out of the rogue tree. Yes. And also st- uh, sneak attack. The sneak attack bonus that rogues get yes. on their attacks uh make it so uh you um there's also wait so okay so for people this is going to be like a little insult for but uh, so I, I apologize. But basically, rogues or get a sneak attack when they either have advantage or someone is in within uh, five feet, basically one square of an enemy target in melee in melee range. Um, that's when rogues get sneak attack. Um, there's also a barbarian skill which makes it so that you always have advantage um, against another target uh, while yes. this ability is up. So you get in, so if you combine that with the rogue. You get sneak attack every time you attack. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, you always... And the damage potential you can do from that is insane. Yes. The damage potential on something like that is ridiculous. And that's actually one of yeah. the reasons that I want to respec. Because I think the rogue... I think I passed up the opportunity early on when I was specking this guy. I think I passed up the opportunity to get to get two attacks a turn. And oh. I started playing him uh, when he's in my party and I know I'm about to have an engagement. I'll break him off. I'll group the rest of the characters. I'll have mm-hmm. my the re- I'll have my healer and my two barbarians engage the fight and I'll send my rogue around because an interesting thing about the game is that you your character who is currently in stealth and not noticed does not get locked into turn based. Yes, so yep, that's correct. So yep. your, your the rest of your characters are locked in turn based when they after an initiative roll occurs for that character. But but yeah. if you have a character who hasn't rolled initiative for the fight yet, they're not locked yet. So if you have one that's in stealth, you can send him around and then get yeah. your stealth attacks off and and get an early advantage in the fight. And I started yeah. playing him like that, get- and that feels right for mm-hmm. him. But I don't have two attacks a turn, yeah. and that would be great. Yeah, you also get advantage, I believe, when you um, uh, have a surprise round on an enemy. You do. Um, 
like when you hit them before they realize you're there and the rogue can sneak auto sneak attack uh, from that that's like a lot of a lot of like people who play rogues like to be the initiator in the fight uh, most yep. of the time because of that because they get a lot of damage out immediately so yeah it's it's uh rogue is such a just a fun like uh if you want to just like do really high damage and just be like the type of person who is like stealing everything and stuff like that uh and sneaking around it's it's the perfect class to play it's, uh but barbarian is also like like a barbarian i think probably the two most popular classes to play so you really can't go wrong with either of them there all the classes are great you know it just depends on your oh style, sure but it's, i mean uh, those two are really there's a companion that you get in the game who you can build into a glass cannon wizard that is absolutely mm-hmm. just dominates at range oh. especially once you get a tier three spell slot it is sick the kind of damage Fireball. this guy puts out Oh yeah, but yeah. well, not just that. But his tier three magic missile will just wipe a dude. Like it's it's oh, magic great. Missile fire. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm I, I I after getting that companion and I had to respec him because I messed up while I was while I was leveling him. I messed him up. So I respec mm-hmm. him and I I was a little smarter with my with my picks when I was leveling up. Dude, after having him spec'd out the way that he is. I kind of want to play a character that plays like that, a glass cannon wizard that's a ranged yeah, spellcaster, oh, yeah. and just wrecks yeah. shop from across the room. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I like I I, I want to do that, and and yeah. that's part of the problem I, with some yeah. of my synergies is that like I've got him, but I can't really use the big fireball because I've got two barbarians locked in melee, and they're gonna get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I for your first playthrough, I you know multi-classing. You know, I, I for the first if you're playing D and D for the first time or playing like game like Baldur's Gate, I I don't think you probably should multi-class unless you're extremely familiar with combat in and out inside and out. Right. But once you do start a second character and you do multi-class, you like combat will open up for you in a way you didn't even realize because you realize that oh my god, there's so many sin- crazy synergies that you didn't know were possible. For um, some in D anD D are quite game breaking, uh, <laughs> but it's just really fun to like say, "Oh wow, there, I have a weakness in this one ability." You know, there's a downside to this one ability, but if I multiclass into this person, then I could just counteract that downside. Uh, so that you can really like create a lot of really insane. I uh, wanted to really roll too with it. Like I want to roll. One of the things that I think would be fun to roll would be a a melee tank cleric. Where you just have like you oh, you're, dude, you're dude. full you fully that. support on your spell casting and an absolute melee monster. Yes, a, a lot of clerics in D anD D play melee tank. <laughs> a lot of them. In fact, uh, cleric paladin is a very famous um, multi class combination. Um, uh, but yeah, just being a full cleric actually and just tanking, you can a hundred percent do it. I think uh, I think like, I might want to do it with fighter. Because fighter, oh yeah, it has an easier time with uh, heavy armor proficiencies. Yeah, don't take you don't take as many hits when you have heavy armor on. So I've got if I were to run one of the companions thought, is a I could fighter build. What's up? I could be wrong, but I thought I thought and this could be different from D anD D to Baldur's Gate, but I thought the cleric had proficiency in the, heavy armor. I. Th- you can or maybe it's a subclass. You can player, spec into wrong. it uh, when you pick your proficiencies. Mm-hmm. You can spec into it. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, you can. You can absolutely do that. 
but I I have like one of the characters that you get in the in the game as a companion is mm-hmm. uh is a actually kind of rolled from the start almost as a tank character, but it's a fighter. Mm-hmm. And and you have oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah with like heavy armor proficiencies and stuff, and and I was able to get. 18 armor class armor on her and i hate um, i hate her as a companion she's terrible but uh <laughs> but she is there's just mad utility <laughs> like <laughs> fighter fighters are like a lot of people's favorite class to play the first time they're playing D because it's the most straightforward class all uh, around for sure. yeah um it is uh, well also I, I don't know how much experience you've had playing the fighter but when they get up to higher levels they can attack three times around uh <laughs> yeah mine mine and... already has two the only reason i still prefer yeah. my barbarians is because of the rages but if it like oh sure but if you combine it think imagine if you combined like multi-class barbarian fighter and you had two attacks as the barbarian <laughs> exactly exactly if you could turn on rage and yeah. pull three attacks around I, right. You could clear a room like very yeah. quickly, especially yeah. if you had two of them. Yeah, you could mm-hmm. clear a room oh, yeah. immediately. I had I had a really this is the kind of thing that you can do in the game that's kind of cool too. Is I had like I had a really it was a, it was an interesting and rewarding encounter where I I found a back way into a room and and the the sight lines lined up just right where I had uh, two different kind of groups of guys. And I was able to split mm-hmm. my team and send two of them one way and two of them another way in stealth and then engage uh, at the same time. I went to I went to turn base early, <clears throat> engaged at the same time, and then I was able to basically clear the room before the surprise wore off. Because, yeah. because yeah. No, of the positioning yeah. I did at the very beginning of the fight, I was able to clear the whole room before surprise was gone. And that was like, that was, it, it was not an empty, like there were, there were plenty of guys in this room and I was able to clear it mm-hmm. in, in just those surprise rounds. Were, surprise rounds are so important uh, because it's like, you know, if you don't do a surprise round and you go into initiative, there's a chance the enemies are going to get better initiative than you and they're going to first and then you can just get wrecked early. Yeah. Uh, but with that surprise round, you, it's possible to get the surprise round off and then it's possible if initiative bed uh, better than the enemies you're gonna go again right after you went exactly uh, so it's it's really good yeah it was a really rewarding clear because it was like because i wouldn't have cleared it that way if i hadn't taken the time to set everybody up at the beginning mm-hmm. i would have just yeah, initiated right, exactly. the fight yeah. and just just you know uh hammered my way through the room which i like doing it's yep. fun but it was yeah. nice to get that to get that room clear off that was like oh this was that was it felt oh. pretty slick see that's the thing about like turn-based combat is that while you know there are obviously you know it's not for everyone but when you get it when you get like a tactical playoff really well with it it feels very slick. yeah uh you know what i mean like it's like yeah that's that's great the turn <laughs> the turn-based fights in this game feel better than the turn-based fights in pathfinder and i don't know why mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i truly There's i do not know like why. so many <laughs> It's also funny that you know, uh, and I don't know how much you've done you've you've done this or not yet, but uh, like just how many ways you can like win a fight by being like a rat or just cheesy in general, like just uh, you know, 
positioning yourself around an explosive barrel or something right. in the right spot or something and blowing people up with it uh, or just, you know, some wacky thing like that. It's like, you know, if you want to get really wacky with combat, I, I, you, I'm pretty sure you can. Uh, well, I mean, even even great. as a barbarian, just picking stuff up and hucking it at people like like it's uh, it, 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 that that is there's so much fun to be had with the environmental aspects of the game. Um, like just like with that, you you can you can actively if you're trying to clear a a whole base full of goblins, you can actively <laughs> just huck goblins at goblins and win the fight yeah. doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you have two barbarians in your party, because you're going to continue to get you're going to continue to get prone off on the ones that you throw. So you're going to have some number of goblins that are prone all the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's so much fun, dude. It's it's and it's and just like that, it's it's I haven't I haven't played a game in a very, very long time that was like. Oh wow! This is legitimately a game that that rewards exploration in in a way that makes you panic about whether or not you should have stolen a piece of meat. Um, <laughs> right? It it it, re- yeah. it rewards exploration like that. Again, that was just a little dark spot on my map, and I was like, "Hey, it kind of bothers me. I just want to go clear it." Well, it just so happened that that was one spot in the map where there was a thing to interact with, um, and those things are scattered all throughout the world. There's um, are you okay with that if I tell you about a subclass? I don't because I don't know if you're yeah, right. absolutely just, so, like some abilities. Okay, so uh, I don't I don't know if this would be a spoiler. It's not a I don't consider it a spoiler, but if people are just don't want to know anything about any subclass, uh, you know, just skip ahead a little bit, I guess. But there's one uh, subclass for druid that I've I've never gotten the chance to play in D, but I've I've seen other people play it and that looks so fun and I want to play it. It's not the best like optimally like mechanically from what I but it's just fun to play and that's something called the spore druid the circle of spores druid um and what you're able to do is that you were you essentially right control these spores and you can infect dead bodies and animate them into zombies spore zombies oh wow uh, like, so it's a it's and, a it's uh, a necromancy it's necromancy but it's druids yes yeah necromancy for druids pretty much you can essentially send the spores into enemy nervous systems and animate them uh that's uh, awesome it is yeah i i really want to run like a build like that with, with the druid that yeah, sounds, that, that sounds super fun actually yeah. uh, uh yeah. i i started to i had a um and this is one of the reasons i think i need to turn the difficulty up a little bit because i have mm-hmm. my uh the the main healer that you get at the beginning of the game is uh is an evil healer and so you can spec this healer into some necromancy into some necromancy stuff that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I uh I Yeah. I haven't had a chance to use it because I'm rolling fights. Um <laughs> but mm-hmm. I I really want to do set up some fights where I actually have a chance to bring back some dead guys. <laughs> Cuz that sounds like so yeah, much fun. Yeah, no for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> Also uh like barbarian and druid is also a very classic multi-class because um so i i am not i think it probably works the same as D, but like druids basically the druids have one of the best survival actually uh of all time because they have um, their own survival because they, they can they can do yeah they have their own support well, also as because, part of their kit yeah yes also when they do beast transformations their health gets reset to full 
So if you have one health, at least this is how it works in D&D. If you're at one health and you transform into a bear, that bear has full health. <laughs> it might health work that way. I haven't has. had a chance to take yeah. the Druid Companion out yet because um, I don't think... Okay, you, yeah. Either I messed up a quest or you don't get to do it until Act 2. Oh, okay. That and, might be that. That could be very possible. And it could go either way because he's in my camp, yeah. but I can't use him. So I might have just fucked up a quest. <laughs> <laughs> and you, said, you said you picked a drow, right? For your like, uh, uh, yes, character. yes, I did. Was that a, was that like you like the look of them, or is that more canon? I like the look, but their their racial bonuses are great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, their racial, okay. their yeah. racial bonuses, they had racial bonuses to, um, stuff that was going to mm-hmm. give me better rolls on my persuasion and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I also thought too, like, there is a, there's, there are persuasion checks that you can do. By the way, while we've been recording this, four of my mm-hmm. steam friends have popped playing the game. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Like, uh, this is a huge game, dude. Um, yeah, no, it absolutely is. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I just saw another one popped up with a notification. I, I usually have them turned off, but not it's on this machine. It's the ninth most played game on Steam of all time. Dude. Um, at the moment. It, and they deserve every bit of it. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. But the, the, the... What was I saying before that? I got distracted. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about the drow. No, yes, yes. The, um, the racial bonuses were great, especially with regard to um, some of the uh, some of the checks that I knew I was going to be using a lot. And there's also one of the things that's kind of cool. And I did a little bit of looking about like some of the race selection in the game before mm-hmm. I picked mine. Um, I didn't like follow a guide for builds or anything like that, but I, mm-hmm. I, sure, sure. I did do a little bit of looking and I saw one person said that if you go, if you go drow in act one, act one is where the, uh, underground section of the game is. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that like, you get a lot of really cool dialogue at the beginning of the game if you go drow at the beginning, if you go drow. Oh, okay, cool. And so I was like, okay, cool. That that's just that just yeah. It seems like if you want um a lot of like uh race sort of options, dialogue options, and stuff mm-hmm. early in the game, you can do that. And it's it's uh, okay, and yeah. it, it ends up being there's a few right, but it's it's enough mm-hmm. that it's enough flavor to it that it feels like it matters, you know. Yeah right right no for sure for sure yeah i I think i saw somewhere and i'm sure this is probably true for probably all races have some like unique like dialogue options like in certain areas i don't uh i I would bet that would be the case but i know that apparently also tieflings have some pretty interesting ones as well i uh yeah there's an area yes they do um because there's a whole tiefling story arc at the beginning of the game um Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah that I uh, I honestly I I kind of want to see what those options are again th- that kind of thing though I suspect will continue throughout the course of the game so by the time oh, I yeah. I finish up the game it's like well I mean I have to do I, I've got to do a tiefling playthrough but you know yeah, yeah. A, and then I have to do a dragon one yeah I got to do a dragon one but then the elf one man there was this whole section where I could have done the elf playthrough and that would have been really really cool and there's a you know right, what I mean yeah. like. Yeah, I do want to tell you. No, and yeah, for sure. Do you mind if I spoil one little thing for you, real quick? Sure. Go. Yeah, go for it. 
So guys, skip ahead one uh, minute. Spoiler warning for people who yeah. are... Yeah. Yeah, skip ahead one minute if you don't want the spoil. There is a... Uh, there's a moment in the game with one of your companions who is a vampire, okay? Uh-huh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. At, at one point in the game, you may or may not come across an exsanguinated boar in the road. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this is before... This This is an event that I think that's the trigger event for him to come to you and say, uh, by the way, I need to let you know I'm a vampire, Okay. One of your options in response to this is one word, obviously. And he doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> you know what's funny? So I, I knew about that particular story point. And are you okay if I also spoil a little thing in relation? Yes. If you don't uh, want things spoiled, go like ahead a, another minute. Okay. Because the people who went ahead a minute will just yeah. be coming back. Go ahead another minute. If right. You don't want yeah. So another, we're going to give you another one. That, like, event, I've seen that play out completely, that reveal play out completely differently in other playthroughs from early access. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. No, that is, I've seen that reveal happen differently in other playthroughs. So that reveal happened that way for me because I found the boar. Yeah. But it works out differently for other people. Yep. Yep. That is amazing, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I assumed, I assumed that, like, that, <clears throat> you know, because it's kind of centrally located. So I assumed that you come across it and that triggers the dialogue and that's, that's how that happens. I did not, mm-hmm. I did not think that there's a whole side method for that reveal to happen. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude, the, the amount of work. The amount yeah. of, um, I mean, it was an early, how long was it an early access for? Like three years? I mean, uh, it two was. Two years, I think. Two, two years. years? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was an early access for a long time, and, and the, the game was being developed for a long time, so obviously it was a lot of work, but god damn, it was a lot of work. Yeah. You know, I have yet to see a questline bug. That's awesome. <laughs> like unless unless my inability to run my druid companion right now is a bug, <laughs> I have yet to see a quest line bug. Oh, that's awesome! Because and I've done some stuff too where like I freaked a quest line out one time because I made <laughs> some choices in a row that were contradictory, and I wasn't sure how uh-huh. it was going to resolve this problem. And they ended up resolving it in the way that I wanted to. I think the game was smart, and it was basically like, okay, this is the one you picked first, and then you were kind of forced into a tree that you didn't really have an option uh-huh. in, and so you picked something else. Um, but the like that could have in a, in another game that would have bugged a quest line out. But oh yeah, it it the game was just like oh no, uh, the game knows what happened there. You're fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is wild the level of quality and it is it is wild how angry I would say this game probably has more this game probably has more replayability than any other game a single player game more replayability than I think any other game I've ever seen I I think the only other way that you could even touch it would be if you went back to like the old Elder Scrolls games like yeah you know what I mean like if you went if you went all the way back. Yeah. 
to like Daggerfall. <laughs> like I think that's the only way that you're gonna get a yeah. game that that feels kind of like this, because the mm-hmm. the I, I I know like for example like auto resolving a quest if you take too long to do it that was a big part of like Daggerfall was like you would if you if you took too long you could you could fail a quest on your way back to the quest giver to tell him you completed the quest because it took too long for you to make the trip you know what I mean uh-huh. yeah so. Like that kind of thing, and and it's not that punishing in this game. This game is much much kinder than uh, that. But as I far like as that though, it still feels like they're characters in the world, they're not just sitting there waiting for your player character to always speak to them. It's right? Like, yeah, things will eventually get resolved on their own um, if you don't do anything. Oh sure, there's a whole conflict in the first area that if you move on to Act Two mm-hmm. without doing that conflict, it will auto resolve. Mm-hmm. There will be an outcome. Yeah. Okay. And you, and yeah. you might not like it, but. Uh, there will be an outcome. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things too, where I, I was just saying, I haven't tried really to push the game in that way um, in order to see oh, like okay. how long, how many times can I long rest before a quest auto resolves on me? Uh, Cause I don't mm-hmm. want to mess up my quests. You know what I mean? Like I, I sure. No, there. Yeah. Cause they're, cause they're engaging. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like, I mean, I could do that. Yeah. You don't want to miss content. Right. Right, and I don't want to see what can happen. Like, like oh, you know, uh, yeah. this person over here is in trouble, and the game through the NPCs is telling you to hurry, right? Which to mm-hmm. me is telling me don't long rest here because if you long rest before uh-huh. you take advantage of this, of this, it's gonna resolve. Um, okay, yeah. Like yeah. this person's in trouble right now. They are right there. Like they're in this same little area. Go handle it. Is what I feel like the game is telling me to do. And so, mm. like, I could do a long rest there and see if it messes anything up, but I, I don't, I don't want to. Like, I, I, I don't really have any desire to break the feeling that the game is giving me that I need to hurry when it's giving me the feeling that I need to hurry. You know what I mean? Right. No, for sure. For sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like uh, the burning building is another example. I found the burning building. I knew there mm-hmm. was a person in there who was in trouble. And I immediately started looking for another way into the building so I could save them. If I if I wanted to push the game and mess around with it and stuff, I could have left the area, done a long rest, and then come back mm-hmm. to see how it resolved. And I have a feeling the building yeah. would have burned down. But yeah. even even if it wouldn't, the fact that I have the feeling that it would have sort of sells <laughs> it enough. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't have to sure, actually sure, yeah. happen because I'm I'm I am invested enough to go handle it now because the game is acting like this is a, this is a big deal. It's a brave building. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's so cool though. I I love the fact that like the characters in the world aren't just like NPCs that are waiting around for you. Like you could play the whole game and come back and they'd still be there. You know what I mean? Like it's like, no, they actually have stories of their own and you know, things that they, that will resolve themselves with or without you. That's cool. And there are moments too where like for example if a character's dying of poison, right? And you have to you have to save mm-hmm. them. Again, if I if I felt like pushing the game, I could just go do a couple of long rests and see if they actually die. And I imagine they would. Oh, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. But, yeah. but it's the kind of thing where it's just like I don't want to do that. <laughs> I I want to actually save right, them. Right. And the game is telling me right. to hurry and this seems like it's very time sensitive, so I'm I'm not going to risk that. Um, so even if the game didn't have that, even if, if I did go off and do a couple of long rests, nothing happened, it doesn't matter because I'm not doing that. I'm I'm invested enough Mm -hmm. and the game has told me it's urgent enough that I, I don't, 
I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, something we haven't spoken about yet about this and what's going to be so cool. The modding community is going to do insane things uh, with this game. Man, the <laughs> with the speed at which the modding community had dick size sliders implemented into the game. <laughs> With the... the gamers win yet again. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is ridiculous how fast that was uh-huh. in the game. And now that that very necessary really should have been in the base game feature is there. Yeah. We can they can actually move on and start doing stuff that's 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 going to be Dude, oh, yeah. can you imagine I'm 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 thinking about this, right? You have whole maps there in that world. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a a modding tool? Hell, Larian could build this and release it as a DLC. A modding tool where you can drop environment pieces into oh, God. the you know the Act One map or the Act Two map or, yeah. or you know whatever. You can just drop environment pieces into it and run a D and D game in the game. Yes, yes, that would be so incredible that I would pay money for, a, like, an expansion like that that did that. Yeah. Like that would be... And, oh, you know what I love? I, I saw someone showing this one. This was, I don't think this was a thing when the uh, early access was here, but for live release, the map, when you look at the map, it is actually like a D&D tabletop map. Like, it has the square grids on it. That mm-hmm. is so cool. Yep. Yep. That That is such a nice, like, touch. And it's it's it does have them, and it is very cool. But one of the interesting things mm-hmm. about it too is that they've done a really good job sort of splitting the difference between that in the in gameplay where it's like it doesn't oh. your 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 move speed doesn't really matter until you're in turn-based combat. But when you're just oh, ex- yeah. out exploring the world, uh you yeah. don't have to deal with, you know, oh that's too far away. No, no it's, it's not. Right, it's, right. You just click a place and they'll run to it as long as it's within your yeah. camera's range. Um Yeah. And that's that they could have easily made it a pain in the ass in that way too, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's it's it seems like every decision in developing the game was made in in service of more freedom for the player, and yeah. that is oh, that's it, it's really 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 fun to play that with that ethos. I, yeah, I would love to be able to, like, make my own maps, like, actual, like, if they just let you, like, take all the, like, assets they have and say, here you go, play with these, yeah. uh, make whatever. Just forge uh, mode. That would be it, it just forge mode, but, yeah, for, forge. but for the yeah. map. You, you pull up the Act right. 1 map, the, uh, like, the, the, act, the Act 1 Surface World map. Pull that up, drop some environment pieces in there, you know, maybe you build a little town and and mm-hmm. you drop a couple of NPCs in there that they don't need to have dialogue because presumably you'd have a DM and a Discord channel or whatever and, and you're playing the game. Right. But you know, you, you just you 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 could just you could totally do real virtual tabletop stuff in this game if they released like a forge mode for it. Yeah, that'd and be it, incredible. It would be super convincing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. It would be awesome. It would be really, really good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that would that would be that's such a great idea that I think they should do that because it's like and also like you know uh, then the modding community could say, hey, here's the session I built. If you want to use that for your campaign or something, your oh like, yeah, table 
and here you go. Here, just install this, and here's my uh, here's the map I made. I mean, map makers already do that, right? People put out maps for D and D. That's how the whole thing works, right? So and to be able to do that in a modding space, that'd be so cool. Exactly, it'd be awesome. Um, yeah. okay. Well, uh, initially we had talked We've been about Baldur's Gate for three hours. Uh. <laughs> initially we had talked about, before we started recording, hey, what were we going to talk about? Uh-huh. And, and, and we had kicked around a couple of ideas and stuff like that. And, and we knew, we knew we were going to talk a little bit about, about, you know, because we mentioned on the last show, we knew we were going to talk a little bit about the game and, and sort of, and, and, and sort of how it, how it compared to expectations and whatnot. Um, yeah. turns out that was the show. Yeah, uh, and I'm very happy with that. I yeah, am, I don't uh, hate so it. <laughs> like this. Um, so, uh, yeah, originally I thought we were going to talk about this for like 10, 15 minutes when we were kind of like talking about it before the show started. Uh, but I'm so happy that it actually turned into a, a full episode. So I'm yeah. like very pleased. Yeah, that. absolutely. And and here's the thing, too. I, I think it's good at, at the very least because, look, if, if gaming is a hobby that you enjoy, if it's something that you want to do to have fun and pass the time, and and it's something you want to do to uh, because you like it, right? These are the kinds of games that that people should be supporting, and I am very happy that they are complete game yeah. released uh, as a complete game. There's no microtransactions. There's no battle passes. There's a. I mean, dude, do you know what you get from the 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 upcharged collector's edition thing? Uh, or the digital I think deluxe you get an edition, extra, like dice skin or something like that for your dice. You I, get I saw an, that. I don't know about the other stuff. You get an extra dice skin and a couple of clothing pieces. Like it's not even like okay. armor pieces. It's clothing pieces. It's not like a power creep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. It's just it's just something. If you feel like kicking Larry in a little bit more money, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. and it does it doesn't really change anything about the game. That's this is the kind of thing that I thought was dead in games. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I thought games that were released complete was dead. I thought games yeah. that were, you know, not just chock full of different ways to take your money was dead. Um, in so many reviews, I've seen people use the phrase "feature complete." Yep. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's true. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and there hasn't yeah. been. I think Asman made the point that like there hasn't been a game that's released feature complete in in years. No, yeah. <laughs> in actual years. And again, again, I, I, I'm not opposed to like live service games, right? Like live service games. No, I like well. Destiny. I like, I like playing um, Destiny. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is a nice change of pace to say like, wow, here's the game uh, and now have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the, and the, just the, the amount of anger and vitriol that came out of some of the Western developers and stuff when, when it was like, uh-huh. When when it was when when they're just begging, please, please don't expect this from us. And it's like, no, 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 we expect mm-hmm. it now. You, it's it, it's yeah. been proven and that it can be done. It had like a ninety-seven on Metacritic or something like that. God. Uh, <laughs> it's insane. You know, I know people are gonna love Starfield. I know people are gonna love, uh, uh, you know, Armor Core Six is gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. People are gonna love these games, but. Just for the sheer amount of content for your money, dude. Mm-hmm. This is game of the fucking year, man. Yeah, it's got to yeah, be. I, I think it's interesting. So I think game of the year. It's probably going to like come down. If I had to guess three games right now that would like be in the top contenders, it would be uh, T 
Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda, right? Um, Starfield, yeah. and then Baldur's Gate 3. Those three, yep. I think, are going to be like the... Uh, Top three. That's gonna people are gonna like debate over. And this is and this yeah, is I what's agree. amazing. I, I haven't even played the game, and I already agree with that it's probably game of the year. Oh yeah, and this is what's amazing is that Larian is is basically it's on Bethesda now to prove uh-huh. that they can make an impressive game. Uh-huh, a double yeah. A <laughs> studio like Larian has come out with a game. That now is, like, Bethesda has to prove they've still got it. Yeah. Oh, also, you know that um, when Beth- when Bethesda delayed the launch of Starfield, they delayed it right where it, it was going to launch on the same week as Baldur's Gate 3. And then That was Larian the best moved. decision they have ever it, made. Yes. And then Larian moved the release date up. They moved it forward to August 3rd. Uh, and so they would not, there wouldn't be like a, a competition between the both games at the same time. And there was a Oh man, but here's the thing. I'm afraid that's not going to work because there's still going to be competition between these games. When Starfield comes out, there's still going to be people oh, yeah. on their second, third playthrough oh. of Baldur's Gate saying like, I have oh, no yeah. desire to play Starfield. I've still got this and it's still awesome. Right. It's like, well, yeah, it's like the amount of possibilities and, and the actual differences in the possibilities from Baldur's Gate 3 it's just like it's like I don't know if you take all the classes all the like uh, races and stuff like that with their own unique dialogue options and you know storylines to some extent it's like uh, wow this is like 10 games in one <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, it's 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 it, 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 it's it's heartening to see that it's in that we're in a position now where it's kind of on Bethesda to prove it like like this all the goodwill that they've had for all these years. I'm sorry. It's continue. one of the things where I have not. No, no, you're fine. I, I was just gonna say it. It's one of those games where I have not seen in such a long time. Everyone say this is fantastic. Uh, e- even if people have little gripes here and there with it, they're like this game rocks. <laughs> I think the last one I can remember that the reaction was to that was Elden Ring, and and the problem with Elden yeah. Ring is that oh, it's yeah. a FromSoft game. People are scared of it. It was never going right. to be able to. It was never going to be able to reach... Mass appeal. Right. It's just limited by being a FromSoft game. And that's fine. FromSoft yeah. makes great games yeah. for the people who play them. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's wonderful. And I'm, and I'm very happy that they found that niche and, and that people really appreciate what they do. I'm excited for Armored Core 6. I, I think Armored Core 6 is going to be super fun. Mm-hmm. I want to play it. But um, I, I don't think there's going to be anything in Armored Core 6 that's going to blow my mind like I have had in... in in Baldur's Gate. And mm-hmm. and it's yep. it's weird because there are certain parts of Baldur's Gate where it's like you feel the main story quest and it's like, yeah, okay, this is... Uh, it, it feels like it's a little bit on rails, but it's a main story quest, you know? So it's gonna be like mm-hmm. that, kinda. But then you'll have a moment where it's like, oh shit, I still I should stole in the meat. And... and <laughs> I, I can't think of a game that can that can give somebody that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 not even knowing whether I should have stolen the meat. Right. You know what I mean? Like not it's even just the knowing fact that it's possible that it you could have altered the course of events had you done it. The fact exactly. That that's a possibility. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's it it it's just mind blowing, and it is um. Just huge commendations to them. Like I said, there hasn't been a game that's come out since I was a kid that was like, yeah. 
that gave the player this much freedom and agency and the ability to actually affect the world that the game takes place in. Yeah, it's not just that you can do like all these things. It's that your choices actually matter on top of that. Um, that's right. Great. And choices matter has been like a throwaway tag on Steam for so long because it's like, yeah, you get oh, yeah. ever since ever since Mass Effect three, everyone's take mm-hmm. on choices matter is like, OK, yeah, what, what my choice of what? Three cutscenes at the end. Right. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what Cyberpunk 2077 was. Look, I, I had fun with that game when it came out. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It played well for me on PC, so I, I didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of the problems that other people had with it. Um, I really enjoyed the game. And yeah, you got a choice of a few cutscenes to end your game on. And mm-hmm. and and on your playthrough through the game, I mean, from one playthrough to the next, it's pretty much the same. Even if you pick mm-hmm. a different backstory, yeah. even if you pick a different character, even if you do, it, it, the game is pretty much the same all the way up until you pick your final cutscene. And yeah. And... In this game, it feels like I've already, just in Act 1... Dude, in the first 10 hours of the game, I had made choices that were going to affect the third act. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, that's a few, awesome. A few choices that were going to affect the third act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it, awesome. you, know, you have the option to, like, you know, kill your companions and stuff like that. And that, you know, will radically affect the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know for a fact there are people out there who have missed the fan favorite companion. They do not have her mm-hmm. because they picked up Will first, uh-huh. and Will's mission is to kill her. <laughs> you know yeah. that. You know people have done that. Oh, yeah. There are people who don't have the the rogue companion because his introduction makes you want to kill him. And so they do. <laughs> and it's like, uh, now you don't have him. Also, this seems like it'd be a, a hilarious game to stream uh, if you have like a big following on Twitch or something and having your chat decide which options. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, know, yes. Like just how, how badly imagine, can like, chat engage, ruin chat the Baldur's engagement. Gate? Yeah. Right. How, 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 how badly can chat like, wreck this? Right. Oh, that would be so right. much fun. Not, yeah. Because it's like, you know, obviously, like, the people like to watch games where they feel, or they like to watch streams where they feel like they also have some type of uh, effect in what's happening. And if, like, uh, some streamer, like, makes it so that, oh, yeah, they're going to let the chat decide uh, which option to go with. that I bet that's really rewarding, and I bet that's going to be make Baldur's Gate 3 a really popular game to stream. Just every time a check comes up, run a, run a poll for, like, 10 seconds or 20 yeah. seconds and let chat vote. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a really fun way to play the game because you know you know chat would just be trying to ruin the playthrough. Yeah, you know they're going to pick the uh, most insane option possible. Absolutely, uh. they're gonna do. They're gonna make make choices like I made. Like, there's a couple of points in the game where you have those moments where, at the bottom of the dialogue options, is the option to quick to keep going. Like, there's something really bad happening on screen, and it's visceral, and it's frightening, and you think this person might die. And you have the option at the bottom of the tree, uh, watch what happens. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh boy. <laughs> Usually when, when I come upon a tree like that, I drop a quick save, and I follow the watch what happens tree all the way through. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm like yeah. I, I really want to see how badly this can go <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah 
But I mean, when I did that, I mean, just like that, when I did that, when a man was digging my eye out of my head, uh, and I just followed the, the, you know, uh, endure the pain option all the way through, mm-hmm. I ended up getting rewarded with a buff. So it's like, what, what's the, what, what are your options here? Like, like, are you, are you, yeah. because you know, for a fact, cause when I knew I was locked out of the other way to lose your eye, I, uh, I went and I looked up what happens at the end of that, at the end of that line and you get a buff, but you also get an accompanying debuff. So it's like, I got the better deal of, uh, I feel like for my play style, at least I got the better deal. And, and I, I very easily could not have, I very easily could have wound up with a character that was debuffed in a way that I would not have enjoyed. <laughs> and you know, what's funny is that just the way the game is designed, it's very statistically rare. Not it will, it'll obviously happen, but it's statistically rare that any one person will have the same playthrough as you in the same options. Like, well, I mean, just like what you told me earlier with that reveal yeah. that like I triggered it one way because yeah. I found a thing and you know, for a fact that other mm-hmm. people have triggered it in other ways. Yeah. And that is yep. that that is just that is so cool. Yeah. That is that is so very cool. Um Yep. And and just like that, the amount of time and effort that went into the game really comes through in the game. Uh I know some people hate the companions, but um one of the things that Larian said was that they kind of front loaded evil companions into Act One and, and you have options in Act Two to pick up other companions that are a little more likable. Um it's also a D and D staple to have companions you want to kill. Yes, right. <laughs> like that's like classic. Yeah, trope. I mean, there's a difference between like this and Mass Effect, where Mass Effect is like <laughs> Mass Effect really wants you to like your companions. This game really wants you to tolerate them, and right. it feels yeah. like that's on purpose. And I think they also want to give you the choice to say, "Hey, if you want to just kill this guy on the side of the road, <laughs> uh, you, you can." can I mean, but it also gives some options for character arcs. Like the like there are, there have been a couple of characters that I I hated beginning in at the beginning of the game, and now it's like, oh, you're cool. I like I like you now. Mm-hmm. There's and and that kind of reveals yeah. itself. The more you play with that character, because there are certain points in the game where you'll have dialogue options with your companions. It will always, if you've progressed the quest far enough and, and done the, the things to trigger it, it'll always happen at camp. But if that character is with you, they'll get an icon on their head while you're out in the world. And you can run the dialogue there. And it feels more natural when that happens. It feels like, like mm-hmm. oh, this is like this is a thing that just progressed this quest and now I, now they have more to say. You know what I mean? It feels very yeah, good the way so it's cool. designed. They, they feel like actual characters. They yes. just like well-written characters. Absolutely. And if you want to ignore it and just wait till your next long rest to run through the dialogue that you've uncovered, you can do that. But it feels less natural than like, well, they're with me right now and now they have something to say. 100%. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very well-designed. Uh, there's not a thing in the game that I'm... Outside of the fact that companions are psychic, which I mean, in the plot they're literally psychic, but it still it feels hand wavy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, like outside, and that's not a spoiler. That's something that's you discover at the end of the first cutscene. But um, mm-hmm. but it's it, it it just I don't know. It that is my only complaint with the design of the game. 
And that says that, a lot, cool. dude. <laughs> right. For how much of the game there is, that's a that's a really good <laughs> that, that's really good. My last remaining concern is that it spent so long in alpha, and Act One was pretty much all that was available during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, my my only remaining concern is that not as much effort went into Act Two and Three, uh, but I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably not but- the case. Mm-hmm. But it could be. I, it could end up being that like Act Two and Three are undercooked, but sure. I hope it, I hope they're not. I, I and I and I don't think they would be. Yeah, no. I I think some people addressed like said um, were worried there may be more bugs in Two and Three because obviously they had time to iron out all the bugs. Sure. Know, to Act One, uh, but I think from what I understand, and this isn't a spoiler, but from what I understand, it's a pretty consistent like uh, content all the way through from what i understand from act one to two to three when i stepped into the transitional area out of act one and i saw oh it's a whole other map i was like oh okay so this just isn't gonna slow down like this is it's gonna be like this all the way through the game Uh uh-huh and and it and it's uh, that was a feeling that was like on the one hand it's like man there's a lot of game left and on the other hand it was like man there's so much game left (laughs) I was going to, uh, like, just kind of um, maybe, like, wait a week to get my SSD uh, to get the game. But I think I'm going to do that tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's, it, is, yeah. It, is so, it is so worth playing. It, it's really, it's yeah. good. Um, the, the, just, the, I don't want to oversell it. Because there are moments in the story where you can see the bones. And it's like, okay, so I'm on the on-rails main story right now. And this is going to happen because the story demands it happen, right? Um, mm-hmm. but there's so much stuff that happens outside of that, that it, it, it kind of feels like if you take, if you were to take the final fantasy 14 main story quest, okay. Mm-hmm. And you were to take that quest and you were to add choices, matter elements to it that are, that are real. Mm-hmm. And you were to fill out the world with side quests that weren't fetch quests, that, that, that side, side quests that mm-hmm. actually feel meaningful and can result in new companions, can result in new uh, familiars. Uh, I, I messed mm-hmm. up a quest that could have resulted in me getting an owlbear cub familiar. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I, I messed that quest up. I did that quest way wrong, and, and I didn't get it. But I know people have gotten it. Um. <laughs> And, and here's the thing, it didn't feel like I did the quest wrong because the quest came to a resolution that made sense for my character and where they were in the story at the time, but I know sure. that if I had done a couple of things a little differently, I would have had something else happen. You know what I mean? Um, sure, okay, yeah. So it doesn't feel wrong, it feels like that's the way it happened for you, you know? Uh-huh, sure. And and so that's 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 the thing, is I'm... There are a couple of moments in the game where I have pulled up a couple of like of the short guides like that are on a single sort of mm-hmm. uh quest line like a single sure. chunk of a quest line because mm-hmm. I've wanted to make sure not to screw up certain dialogues. Okay. But yeah. I've done that maybe maybe 5 times. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. And and given how much game there is, I, that's not very often at all. So it's it's yeah, it's really good. That's impressive. If if you've been on the fence about it, and 
a game like that sounds like fun. Look, I know some people are Rocket League gamers, right? I I, I love playing Rocket mm-hmm. League, just sitting down and just running rounds of Rocket League. It's it's relaxing. It's fun. I do the same yeah. thing in Forza Horizon Five. Just fire up the game and and run some dailies and and just you know drive around in the world that is Forza Horizon yeah. Five. I understand that, but if if this other kind of thing sounds like fun, pick it up. Just pick it up. Because <laughs> yeah. it's at the it, at the very least. Look, you can refund that after two hours, but at the very least, yeah. um, even if you end up getting, even if you don't finish it. Look, I never finished Pathfinder Kingmaker. The time mechanics were too were too punishing, and I just never finished it because I I kept running behind on time and I couldn't do the stuff I wanted to do. Um, so, it, but, but even if even if you don't like finish it, if you get you know thirty, forty, fifty hours out of the game. Uh, that's going to be your money's worth for the game. Right. Yeah. And even if you like, you play it, let's say, and you don't like the class you picked, you can always respec or just make a new character or something yeah. like that. And uh, uh, just try out a different class. Start over. Make uh, different you know, choices. Maybe more to your you know, run, yeah. run things in a different order, maybe side with a different faction. Like, like, I mean, you can, you can keep it fresh enough on different playthroughs that, that it's, it will feel. Yeah. It won't feel like. Well, I messed up my build, so now I have to play the first three hours of the game again. You can. You can actively make the right. first three hours of the game feel different from one another. <laughs> and if you're and if you're into role playing, you can make sure to keep your character consistent in dialogue options if you want. Like if you feel like, well, I would do this, but my character wouldn't, so I'm not going to choose it. You can totally have, have fun playing like that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if that if that sounds like fun, pick it up. At the very least, even if you get you know thirty hours out of the game or whatever. Uh, and then you just put it down and, and because it's a lot, right? Um, mm-hmm. At the very least, you will have bought a game from a studio that released a complete game uh, without microtransactions. Yes. And and it's a full, massive experience that they put a lot of love into. Yeah. And, it, and it comes through in the game. And I should give some warning. Uh, so, from, so from what I've seen, um, it's been laid, uh, Larian laid it out really well. It's as best as I think they probably ever could have. Um, but if you're new to D&D mechanics, sometimes it can be a lot thrown at you at first, but I promise it's not as complicated once you start playing. I, um, it, I am it going seems to, like a lot of information. I am going to slightly disagree with that take actually. Okay. I, I, I think if you've played CRPGs before, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Um, if this sure. is your first CRPG, look up a couple of mechanic guides. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The game does not do a good job of introducing you to these things and what they mean. Like, what does advantage mean on a thing? The game never says. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it did. Okay, interesting. No, I mean it didn't in mine. I mean, like, I and I have tooltips turned on, so, and I haven't been interrupted by tooltips okay. very often at all. Gotcha. So for people who are listening who don't know what advantage does in D&D and Baldur's Gate, advantage is when you, if you have advantage essentially on a, on a check, a skill check, let's say, you roll twice and take the higher. Uh, yes. Die. That's yes. what, yeah. Yeah, uh, but that's that's not really explained when you're picking your character, mm-hmm. and it's like has advantage on wisdom checks. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Okay. It, that doesn't. It doesn't tell okay, you that really what that means that. Yeah. explicitly. I mean, here's the thing: it might be buried in in this like the sub menu part of it, but mm-hmm. that's that's kind of out of the way, you know. Okay. 
Gotcha. So if, so if you, you like hovered your like mat, your like cursor over advantage, it wouldn't like bring down a tooltip that told it you. It would. Uh, this like is one was. design problem that I have with the game is that there's a key you have to press in order to be able to do that because when you're navigating a menu with the mouse, oh. when you're it's it's almost like you know how in Destiny where when you're picking your aspects, the effects mm-hmm. you have to kind of see where they're gonna fly out because the effects have a fly uh-huh. out, but they're like they're in weird spots and and it's it's kind of difficult but you can't just hover over mm-hmm. it because it there's already a thing that's popping out because you're hovering over it so now something else has to fly out from that thing well <laughs> sure, in sure. in Baldur's Gate you have to when you're hovering over a thing you'll get your hover menu and then if you want to hover over the highlighted text in that hover dialog you have to press T to inspect the item and then hover over those things Mm-hmm. So there have been there okay. have been things that I've missed because I haven't inspected a particular effect. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. And it and and there was more information there for me to know, but it's buried under two hover menus. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Look, if you're completely new um, to D and D or uh, Baldur's Gate, just look up a D and D five E because that's the, that's what this game is based off of. That's the rule set this game is based off of. Yes. So D and D five E. Um, look, look up a uh, like a, a simple rule set, like uh, a, a quick explanation, not an advanced one, just a quick no. one, and yeah. you can probably get up, be off the ground uh, faster. Yes, absolutely. Uh, don't yep. spec your barbarian into armor. That is a that yeah, is a mistake yeah. <laughs> that people make. It, like I've, I've the number of people who have seen um, when I was looking through stuff, the number of people who have seen who were like, uh, "Why does my barbarian not do well in heavy armor?" It's like, why is your barbarian wearing armor at all? What what are you right. what are you doing? Yeah. So no. they think well he a barbarian must be a tank so therefore he must have wear armor. Yes. Like yeah. That's exactly the misunderstanding. It's because then you lose your rage when you put heavy armor on your barbarian. It's like yep. well why would I run the barbarian that I can't <laughs> put the heavy armor on and stuff and it's like no 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 right. your barbarian's supposed to not have armor on. <laughs> That's the whole point. Yeah. In fact, the barbarian is it's actually somewhat good when the barbarian does actually get hit too as well because that keeps the rage going hitting hit and doing damage keeps the rage going yep um <laughs> over yep. time so you There's actually a... want to deal damage and be hit <laughs> yeah well you don't want your saving throws and stuff to be too high in combat because if you go a, a right. match without taking if you go around without taking damage and like let's say every all your enemies are ranged and you go around without taking damage um you just lost rage yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't. That's never you can't a good get, feeling. <laughs> no, it's not. The number of times that I've seen frenzy get crossed out on my screen because I couldn't get my barbarian across mm-hmm. the room fast enough. Yep, that's why I picked up a necklace that gives that gives her dash, and so I don't <laughs> nice. have to mess with it. Oh yeah, that's always yeah. <laughs> but just like that, there's all kinds of. I spent I've spent time just looking at the items that I've picked up. And just putting them on the companions that they're going to have the most utility with and trying to get synergies going. Um, And for some Mm -hmm. reason, that all feels better in this game than it does in Pathfinder. I don't know why. It just does. Yeah. It just, it just, it's great. Uh, So, yeah, you, you, you should definitely get the game. I would, I I would, uh, I would drop in on a, on a multiplayer session with you if you got the game. Oh, that would be, that would be. Okay. Yeah. I'd 100% be down to do that. Yeah. For sure. 
because that is like yeah multiplayer would be so fun because i feel like in multiplayer you wouldn't really like save scum much because you'd want to no, see yeah. like, how it all turns out you know what i mean so maybe like i think that maybe the threat is like play it for yourself the first time single yes, player yeah and then once you're once you're comfortable with that go into a multiplayer run with friends and just destroy the entire storyline one of the things people are doing <laughs> is they've got they've got their solo run where they're you know like way ahead and then They've got their yep. multiplayer run. They play with their friends, and they're just you know taking their time mm-hmm. at Act One and having fun with it. Like, oh, yeah. not not Absolutely, really trying yeah. to run through the game, but but just you know hanging out. Yeah. And they just have both of those runs going at the same time. Yeah, oh, it yeah. seems like a really fun way to experience the game because you're going to have two totally oh, different playthroughs happening concurrently. Right. Yeah. And also, I feel like it's not as uh, annoying when you like fail a check. Because, like, if someone else on your team fails a check, it's going to be funny. Uh, you know what I mean? So you oh, yeah. have that extra like, experience there. Oh, <clears throat> that's another thing that's not really explained particularly well in the game. Mm-hmm. Is that your, your party bonuses to your stuff, I, I'm not, it's not clear to me on when they apply to different things. I'm actually going to need to look it up. Because, for example... Let's say you have a very high charisma character in your party. You're mm-hmm. there are certain bonuses you're going to get, like, like on on particular uh, charisma is not a great example. Let's say it's a dexterity. You might have a really high chance because you have a high dexterity character in your uh, in your party. You might have an easier time doing a lock pick, right? You might have an easier time mm-hmm. picking a lock. Yeah. But you're not gonna have an easier time jumping a gorge because like that part of it's not shared. Like it's it's difficult mm-hmm. it's difficult to tell what's shared among the party members because I know yeah. if you if you open up a barter menu um with the with a uh trader, if you open up the barter menu and you do it on a character with lower charisma than another character in your party, that higher charisma character's bonus won't go to you. You won't get the price bonusing on it. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in in actual D and don't know how it works in Baldur's Gate, but in actual D and D, players can give can essentially assist you in doing things. So if you're not like if you're not exactly efficient at a certain thing, another character who is efficient at it can essentially help you with the role. Um, but that that's not for everything, right? So it's just you kind of have to just use like reason to stipulate that. Yeah, uh, I can. You know, you might be able to. This character who is good at dexterity can help you pick a lock. Because it's conceivable that that's what they'd actually be able to do, but they can't exactly help you with other things uh, right. necessarily, unless you're playing as that character and you initiate the conversation as like a high charisma character. Um, bards actually, um, I don't know if you have a bard companion or not, but bards can give um, bard this thing called bardic inspiration, which essentially gives you like a one d four dice roll to essentially any check. Um, I got so a they can do that. really cool liar, and I don't have a bard to give it uh-huh. to. Oh. Like I, I, I think I think you get a bard companion in Act Two. Okay. Because uh, like it's all, all the companions in Act One are very much martial and support. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. There's not really like like honestly, there's only one real main support character as part of your companions for Act One, and that's one of the that that mm-hmm. was one of the other complaints I had with the game was that I think there is a best party makeup for Act One. Mm-hmm. I, the companions aren't really differentiated enough and strong enough that as as, as individual companions that you can 
just pick them and go. You know what I mean? Or or, or try to put together a party sure. out of these guys. Or, I I think there are there are three companions that everyone kind of runs in Act One. You know what I mean? Okay. Sure. And and that's you know maybe maybe swap one or two in or out depending upon the situation, mm-hmm. but there's a few companions that pe- that most people run. And it's not even really a personality problem. It's more just because they're just based on the companions that you have at the time. There's no real way to build a synergy around some of them. Mm, okay. And so it becomes a, uh, that that's, that's one issue that I have. The, the, the companions seem a little unbalanced early in the game. Um, mm, okay. But there's two more companions in act two. And I think there's a couple of mm. other companions just kind of scattered through the game that people mm, like okay. haven't found yet. But oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's it's a it's it's very good. It's very good. If you if you like those kinds of games, if you like the idea of mm-hmm. like like if you if you like immersive sims, like if you you know have, have played or you you watch videos about like the first Deus Ex game, and that seems mm-hmm. like fun, this would be fun because it's it's kind of similar in the amount of freedom that you get. Yeah, it's also, uh, you know, I think you all it's also important to note that there's probably a huge difference between a single player run and a multiplayer run. Oh, so yeah. even if this isn't necessarily you don't think this would be your type of game. Imagine playing this with friends. Right. So I think that would also like, oh, kinda, yeah, like, if you can get it, if you can get a group together, it, it's a it would be a totally yeah. different game. Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right, man. Well, that's that was accidentally yeah. three that's hours. Our of Baldur's Gate. Three episode. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess, you know, here's the thing. We did the episode on Barbenheimer. We did the, you yeah. know, when stuff happens that, uh, that's entertainment uh, stuff, we, we talk about it. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd have no regrets whatsoever about this episode. No, uh, I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, how many times can we tra- talk about the Trump indictment? Right? Yeah, like, exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's like, uh, I feel like if this had just been another topical episode, I, I think both of us would not have been exci- as excited about doing it. No, you know I, mean? I have, uh, I've had, a, I, yeah. I really enjoy talking about, about this game in particular, yeah. especially because of like what it means for gaming. It feels, it feels like the kind of video game that you would have gotten, you know, back, back back in the day when games released as complete yeah. games. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it's like, very, like very back good. when Elder Scrolls, OG Elder Scrolls or Baldur's Gate 2 or, or 1. Released. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Back, back, back when that kind of thing was the norm instead of fucking yeah. just a, a, a broken piece of software that's packed full of different ways to monetize you playing the game. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, you know, I didn't know how frustrated I was with monetization in games until I had that conversation mm-hmm. the other night with, with my dad oh, and my yeah. brother, because going through and like mm-hmm. explaining to my dad, the way that monetization has developed in games now, I just got more and more mad. Right. Yeah. But so it's, it's nice that it's not there. It's, this is a game that you buy and yeah. you get a game in return for your money. <laughs> yeah and uh, you know it's still uh, we can end on this if you want but it's still crazy to me thinking about like and we we talked about this before a little bit but just like the game is massive 
it's going to be even more massive with modders. Modders will oh, go yeah. crazy in this game. Oh, yeah. The modding community will go absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Especially if it's, I don't know what the engine situation is and stuff, but if it's easily moddable the way mm-hmm. the creation engine was, dude, uh-huh. this is, it's, it's, it's Jover for every other game, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, like this is, a, I mean, I don't want to compare it to Skyrim because they're different types of games, but this is a Skyrim-like game in importance, I think. Yes, uh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I think so too. I, I, I and I think the anger of the Western developing community is what <laughs> is part of what proves that. Where it's just like, please, this can't be uh-huh. the standard for RPGs. And it's like, mm-hmm. they could do it. They're a double A studio. Why can't you? Well, yeah, you know, right. It's like, well, whether you want it to be the standard or not, it's not up to you. It's up to the consumers, the player base. If right. that's the standard they're setting, then you know, well, it's, uh, and it seems the for you, the player base has spoken because a a. An isometric CRPG with turn-based combat had damn near a million concurrent players on Steam. Yeah. The the the, the, the consumer the ninth has most played game of all time within yes. one week. The ninth most played game on Steam of all time. Uh, the consumer has fucking <laughs> spoken. It's it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's over for you, bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, man. Uh, well, uh, I guess I guess with that, let's get to plugs. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, on my uh, Twitter is ace underscore arcus. My Substack is aceArcus.substack.com. and you can find me at Blue Sky at uh, aceArcus.bluesky.com. All right, I'm pacing Joska J O U S K A on Twitter and uh, on Blue Sky pacing Joska dot dot app dot social whatever it is. That they end their URL with. I think both work. Yes, and the show is at TETC Show on Twitter and at and TETC dot show on Blue Sky. Yep. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks so much, y'all. Peace. Later.